Welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. It is our 100th Number, episode. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Everybody get up. And we're it's all time operating to jam now. Over 100 Over right 100. Now. <laughs> My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. Welcome and to the show. Yes, welcome. A big merry bone tomahawk to all the flu benders. bone tomahawk to all our flu benders 100 episodes. That is, that's what happens. This is we the did it. most I've ever done anything in my entire life. <laughs> I've never committed to anything as I've hard as this. I've been more committed to this than I have been any anything, any job, mm-hmm. <laughs> any girl, any literally anything. Yeah, this is good stuff. It is good. We did it. We're yeah, in. We're, we're in. balls deep, as they we're, say. And at episode 100, we are finally approaching some an exciting new horizon for I yes. Like to Movie Movie that uh, we'll be able to sort of announce in some future episodes. But we got some very cool things coming up on the show in the future. So uh, thank it's you guys for listening world. and being here with us, because we've got like a lot Aladdin. of cool stuff coming up. And... Big shout out to our listeners. Something we mentioned, I think, on a couple episodes recently was that uh, our least downloaded show was the Videodrome episode. Okay. And it is now one of our top five episodes. Really? People listened to us and watched that movie and listened to our episode about it oh. literally in droves. We've gotten... Like, I'm already, like, drunk on the control. All rapid right, everybody. Down, like, that has... The downloads on that have shot up rapidly. And people... Nice. I think people like it. That's one of my favorite episodes of the show. So thank you guys for uh, for <laughs> listening to us. Absolutely. For the next hour, we're going to suck our own dick. Yes, so get ready. Here we go. Uh, and <laughs> here to help us... Yes, here to help us <laughs> suck our own dicks... <laughs> Um, so we have, uh, for the 100th episode, oh, I guess we'll get into the concept later. Yeah, we have, yeah, we yeah. have to let Let's them talk at some him. point. All right, so we have from Cynadelphia, you know him, you love him, he's been here 100 times, Ryan Silberstein. Happy 100th Bone Tomahawk to both of you. Oh, oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Bone Tomahawk to you back. as well. I'm just going to call you Ryan Steiner Silberstein from now on, if you don't mind, because <laughs> okay. I, I can't Henry get Rowan it right. Gardner. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Uh, Don't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, What's the Fletch joke? I'm Dr. Rosen Rosen. I'm Dr. Yeah, Rosen yeah, Dick. Yeah, I'm Dr. Yeah, Rosen yeah. Penis. <laughs> Doctor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and also joining us is another longtime movie movie favorite uh, coming at us from Philadelphia as well and a few other places. Give it up for Andy Elijah, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Mary Bone Tomahawk 100th anniversary. 100th oh, anniversary. <laughs> yeah, it's our 100 <laughs> years old now. When anniversaries are celebrated in two week doses, yes. Or, yeah. or sh- soon, soon we'll have to say Mary Brawl and Cell Block 99 to you. That's true. Dude, cannot wait yeah. for that movie. I want this Vonissance to happen. Yeah. And it's it, it didn't happen with True Detective season two. Maybe that's the thing. He's I'm, in that, right? I'm thinking of the right movie. Right. Yeah, yes, I, right. I know yeah, it's. Yeah. I know it's. What's his name? S. Craig. Z- 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 Scrag Zoller. Z- yeah, yeah Zoller. Yeah. We just call him Scrag. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Scraggers. Scrag. We all know Scraggers, and yeah. at the end of Urs is a Z. So <laughs> exactly. We, we yeah, we got it all thing, covered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty pumped for that. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything we gotta get? Oh yeah, let's get this out of the way off the top. You can find us on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. That's the number two. Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie. Numeric two there, fellas uh, and ladies. And um, yeah, we're gonna be dropping some uh, pretty interesting episodes and in, uh, probably towards the end of the year here, and it's uh, it's mm-hmm. gonna get exciting. So keep up with us. Uh, and today, we are going to be talking about uh, a classic that has a sequel coming out, 
and we're going to be covering the end of our movie wager, which we started at the beginning of the summer, uh, which should be fun. I think we should start with the wager. Yeah, probably, because ultimately that's how we got to this movie, right? So, Andy, you have brought some statistics for the movie wager. You guys remember earlier this year we logged into, who did did this? Oh, so, yeah, so Slash Film. Slash Film does it, yeah. Does this uh, summer summer movie wager every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something that started with the Totally Rad Show, which uh, is something that Dan Trachtenberg, director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, used to be the host of. And uh, they would basically, from the beginning of the summer until late... And I think, what is the first date, Andy? Do you have that information? Um, I think it basically starts Memorial Day weekend. Right, it goes Memorial to Labor Day, I uh, believe. I think first weekend in May. Yeah, I that's right. Yeah. Mo- because, uh, Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, Labor Day, because, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because you're, Guardians You always bring paper to the show. I know. I, <laughs> then I, I print it out at work, and, uh, <laughs> and, then I, and then I remember somehow to bring it over here. That's how dedicated I am. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I I've even like, changed my pants paper. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate the did. effort. Thank you. Yeah. I know our exactly. listeners I just appreciate love your like, pants Andy, effort. Do you have that information? He's like, let me check the files. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so beautiful. It's great. The movie files. Um, yeah, you're, but you're right, though, Ryan. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2 <laughs> came out May 4th, and that's the, in, for example, like, on Star Wars Furi- or Furious oh. 8. Fate of the Furious is not yeah, on this Yeah, please. List. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. we, not even if that state. was a slightly lackluster entry, we respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because you never turn your back on family. That's no, right. Never. Even if they turn their back on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We know this. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, These are facts. They're un- unassailable facts. These are facts They're... about cars and family. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the general way the game works, before getting into the stats, just as a quick refresher. Yeah, please. Um, so you order the movies by how they're going to do in the domestic box office between yep. those two dates. Yep. And the basically you get more points. Points if you are in or put them in order yes. versus just getting them on the list. Get you. Yeah. Wish I knew that earlier in the game. You get. More I locked mine in and then found out that rule. But yeah, you get yeah. more points for the you know nailing one right on the dot where yeah, it yeah, falls yeah. in the top ten domestic gross. Yep. Um, number positions one and ten are worth the most points. If you nail those, you get a bunch of points. Uh, I believe having it on the list, if it's in the wrong spot, you get a point. Yeah. Uh, and you can put a couple dark horses on your list, which basically means if they appear anywhere, you get like a bonus point for having them on the list. Yep. I can't believe I put fucking Dark Tower on my list there. Because <laughs> I thought maybe people would be curious. Nope. Yeah. Just a complete through and through bomb. I want to tell you, I put Baywatch as a dark horse on mine, I if I too. remember correctly. I and put that Baywatch as a dark horse. That yeah. bombed. And that was also not very good. Well, right? you, should I go through um, the, the top 10 and then read off what everybody put? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. actually made the All box right. office top ten for the summer? Okay, go in reverse. Let's so, count them down. Okay, so we can, yes, we can yes. try and guess. Actually, oh yeah, that's okay. a good idea. Number. Oh, that's a good call. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so wait, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh. Baby Driver does not crack the top ten. It's right? eleven, uh, even though right it now. makes like what wow. just over a hundred mil. Yeah. domestic. And, yep. And usually in other, this was a low box office summer it was. overall. In past years, the number ten film has usually made like 120 to 150 million. Yep. Sometimes even as high as 170. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was a like lower numbers overall. So baby, I think baby driver is at 11 or 12. Yeah. And it like just cracked over 100 mil, I yeah. think, at the domestic box office, which is amazing for baby driver, by the way. Right. That's gonna do so much money on home. Oh yeah. On home release. Well, yeah. That's it, where it's gonna it be. It made vast more money than all of Edgar Wright's entire filmography combined. Oh, yeah. 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 So. It's huge for him. It's uh, pretty amazing and. And still it only cost like four dollars so. to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was relatively budget. cheap. Yeah, they spent uh, most of that on the car. Well, so what do we think? Number ten, and the is baby, then? and the rest on yeah. John Hamm. Yeah, guesses on number ten. What do you think it was? Yeah, Dan? Uh, number ten is it? Uh, I don't know. Alien Covenant? Nope. No. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, I think it's. Uh, is it? Uh, is it uh, Girls Trip? Girl's trip. Yes, yeah. Girls yeah. Trip. Ding, ding, ding. That made money, man. Oh, that That's the it. one that should have been my. Do- I want to say I chose. The other, I, what Wait, was the other girl movie? Rough Night. Rough Night. Rough Night? Yeah. Because yeah. I yeah, put I've that heard on my list. The same What's your name on but here again? That's the thing. That's oh, uh, thing. Venkman. 
two two subsects that always come out to the movies and always pay money. Uh, horror movies always get their fans. Yep. And I guess the term is is urban comedies. Right. Yeah. They always people come out for them. Yep. It's it's that's yeah. People see them. I don't remember if I put either of those on my list, but I tried I to. Not. I tried to grab a. Oh, that's fine. I can pull it up on my phone. Yeah. But uh, let's keep on trucking through that list. And though. number nine. Can yeah. you guys guess what that is? Uh, Transformers okay, so Five. No, sorry, I didn't allow you to guess. Oh, yes. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> Boom! Me. Raise your hand if you've yeah. seen that that awesome movie. Uh, no <laughs> one can see us. <laughs> raise the your hand. The trucks turn into dudes and bags of trucks That movie is a treasure. <laughs> It's um, impossible because it, it's a treasure so big that it won't fit in your house. Like you that's the best. It. It's not worth very much. It's just really big. Like, yeah, and it's that movie has shit in it. I've never seen another movie, nor will ever again. Yeah, exactly. And that just is like, really a huge movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, yeah, and the fourth one it really didn't um, work for me. So the fifth one, the fact that it worked at all. And then you know now I, that I'm at a point where it's, it's like I'll it, take it, but it's like easily the second my second favorite of that franchise. After, I think I've uh, seen Dark each of, the of them once, so I can barely yeah. rank them. Oh, uh, Ryan, uh, you had that at number three. Nah. <laughs> I, ha- I had yeah. it at number five. And uh, Dan, you're what fat party fart party yes. fart party. Okay, sorry, yeah. you had that at number seven, so you kind of underestimated that a little bit. Hey, which one did you have it at, Garrett? I have no idea. I'll get there eventually. Okay, cool, gotcha. But number eight is War for the Planet of the Apes. Nice. Which yeah. is surprising to me, actually. That, I mean, I think I put it on my list somewhere in the middle, but I, that, yeah. I'm i surprised that it made more than Transformers. Me too. But also, we remember that Transformers, they do super huge overseas, especially yes. in China. Yeah. 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 So and that's I, kind of I think this deal. is one of three that I nailed right on the money, uh, which is just total luck. Is but. that on hmm. my list? I feel uh, like I you had it at number 10? Okay. I think. Well, no, I'm sorry, Ryan. I think you had it. You might have had it as a dark horse. I'm a little bit confused here. Those movies <laughs> always because I remember when we yeah. saw it. It was Saturday morning, yeah, the opening Saturday, yeah. and it was what like an eleven o'clock show, and it there was a fair amount of people. There, there. were a fair amount. It of was people there. it was actually it was more a than I would crowd. have expected I for a Saturday Same. morning. People people do come out for the Planet of the Apes movies. They sure do. And also we had Cars three up next, which um which I definitely put down. That made 150 million. Uh, up next, number six was Pirates of the Caribbean five. Oh shit! Pirates I of the that Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Oh, oh, you're right. a fan, right? Yes. I, I am a fan. I do. I like those movies a lot. Not, I gotta see them still. I mean, the first three, uh, I, I love a lot. The fourth one's not so great. This one is. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. Uh, the yeah. trailer for this one with the whole where you know, do you know Jack Sparrow? Can you talk to him for me? Like uh, that, yeah, that um, was very funny. I enjoyed that, yeah. it a lot. He's, re- he's really fun in the movie. But he doesn't get as much to do as I would have liked. But Guys, I switched enough. those movies, and so I lost points uh, by having Cars three at eight and War for the Planet of the Apes at seven. Um, I but I was close. I was close. And also, uh, and I had. By the way, I had All Eyes on Me at ten, which I don't think comes anywhere close. I, uh, I had so. that. Er- even higher than that, my I man. I had that at come number out for eight. That, one too. that was the twenty second. Uh, yeah, exactly. Movie Girls Trip summer. ends up being the movie that yeah. drew that crowd this summer. You I know what I mean? So. Yeah, but I picked most of, m- uh, most of my points from uh, Plan- the War for the Planet of the Apes, Cars Three, and Pirates because I had them all dead on the money in order. Yeah. So uh, that's right. And I got seven points for each of those, so I actually did you know okay for having those, but. Number five was Dunkirk, which to me I didn't even put I didn't even put that on a on a on a dark horse. Me neither. I I did not see that making a lot of money, and then yep, and it's no surprise to me that I've seen it. Yeah, because that movie could basically be called Dad Kirk in terms of the (laughs) demographics that turned out for it. Exactly, Um, and and you put yours on number seven. Always makes money. 
I know, but I just, you know, I uh, and so do war. I don't know why I thought that. I think because I am genuinely not like interested in <laughs> oh, a gotcha. war epic, you know. So well, I, I was like, wow, we, well, who's it's not go part of that? a franchise? Right. It's not a right. sequel. Right. And so we think, oh, well, these days, you know, big movies can't make, you know, movies can't make a lot of money just based on director alone, right? Wait, what you know, like what even, number was Dunkirk? Uh, Dunkirk was number five. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and that made $180 million domestically. That's where I put Transformers 5. Gotcha. Uh, at Pirates, actually, is the only one I nailed. Pirates, I had at number six. That was nice. the only one I nailed. How many points do you get if you nail it? Ten. 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 I don't think I nailed any of them, did yes. I? Oh, no, wait. I, did I? I think I did. I don't know. I, had I don't know how this thing works. I, I exactly locked right. them in and then just kind of... It shows you right to the right how many points you got for each one. Oh, so I got... Okay, I got 10 points for one. Yeah. Number four was Despicable Me 3. Which I put at number two. 258 million. I had that too high on my list Me too. Well, and mostly because it was just surprising to me how much they continued to make throughout that franchise. So I was like, I mean... It, I, it could do it again. That seems to be the trend. Yeah, but those bastard children are fickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I blame the children, honestly. <laughs> I think we can blame them for a lot of things. True. The bulk of divorces. We're <laughs> 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 having here, to go see I am so many incredulous with the fact that I, because I, I liked it a lot, even though I know it's bad. I put the mummy at six. That's uh, I put it at nine. I mean, okay, I, so I'm not. Yeah, I had alone. it as a dark horse. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I like that movie a lot. I did too. It's it's, it's, it's not good. It's no. stupid as shit. But that's what I think it was trying to be. Or yeah. At least that's what I needed it to be. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. say, look, if Tom Cruise is going to run in every dark universe movie, bring them all on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the joke we made after it was that you know, like after the credits after it would show after it. Stephen King's yet. I T. I T. That after the credits, it would it would fade to you know like the Dark Universe logo because like Pennywise is getting recruited. Yeah, into the Dark Universe. That would fucking rule. It'd be awesome. Russell Crowe shows up to hang at Bill Denbro's. Yeah, you know, little house. It's like I'd like to talk to you about something. Hi there, stuttering Bill. God, I need to watch that. Number three. Isn't Number it great three. That the stamp left on okay. mummy movies now forevermore is just there has to be a sandstorm with a face. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not a mummy movie without a sandstorm with a face. It's pretty funny. You gotta it's have like it. Batman and Dead Parents. Yes, yeah. you have yeah. to have it. Yeah. Number three is Spider-Man Homecoming. I missed that by one, Which too. Man? I put that at number four. It, that's, it's that's my number one. It's yeah. amazing to me how much money that made, because it didn't yeah. have a huge opening, right. mm. but then it just like stuck around for it's a long still Because it was theaters. good. It's still Because yeah. it's good. Yeah. Like I legitimately think it's one of the better Marvel movies they've made in a few yeah, years. It's, it's good. So I, I, I think it, yeah, I, I could see why that one ended up having legs like that. I forget what movie we were, I think it was actually when we were seeing War of the Planet of the Apes. I went to the bathroom before the movie started, and in the bathroom there was a dad there with a really young child. And the dad is saying, he's like, so you 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 uh, you think it's scary? It's like, yeah. It's like, do you want to do you want to go home? Yeah. And he's like, you sure you don't want to go back in and watch a little more Spider Man? Wow. It's like, no. And he's like, well, maybe we can go back in and we'll watch a just we'll see how it goes a little. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> yeah. Dad wants to see this fucking yeah, movie. Yeah. That's but a dad son, who keeps like... the toys in the package. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. You know? But I felt for Why him, too, because it's like you knew if the kid had to go, yeah. he was going to take him home. Right. But also you knew it was like, I'm going to take my son to see. And he just misgaged the age. Yeah. I would have just kept movie. him there. I'm, I'm going to be a shitty like dad. Four. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a shitty dad. I'd be like, sorry, son. It's Spider-Man time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what you sound like? You sound like a green goblin. <laughs> I, I'm trying to raise me a fucking Spider-Man. You don't want to be a green goblin, do you? <laughs> Those bruises a... don't mean green goblin. Those bruises mean Spider-Man. Oh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just a J. Jonah Jameson. I'm just trying to get pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I just want to see him, even though he's a menace. <laughs> Wait. I, by the way, I just saw the Spider-Man 2.1 cut. Has anyone ever seen this? Uh, so it's, Sp- I, it's Spider-Man 2, but it's like an extended version that they released on DVD. It has a scene where J. Jonah Jameson puts the Spider-Man costume on yeah, in his way. office. Yes, I forgot And starts that. going, ha, ha, I'm Spider-Man, ha, ha. Like throwing that his arms out. Why is that insane. not in the movie? It's insane. That needs to be in You got to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's I, oh, so yes. amazing. Wait, is that the newspaper editor? Is that J.K. Simmons? Yeah, yeah. J.K. Oh, Simmons. Okay, it's great. J.K. Simmons in a Spider-Man costume, literally standing on his desk, <laughs> making like the web motions with his <laughs> wrist. say a line where he's like, I feel different, I feel menacing. <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's his tribute <laughs> to the Gary Busey scene in Point Break. Yeah. Jumps up to go surfing. He's like, we're going surfing. Yeah. Dude, but, it's so wild. But since we're now a Spider-Man DVD extras podcast, yeah, please. Um, on the, I think it was the, yeah. it was the uh, X-Men okay. uh, DVD. Okay, there's a like Easter egg where they like open the door in the X Mansion and a dude in a Spider-Man costume like runs out and like looks around and then runs back. Really? And, uh, it like killed me as a kid because I was like, oh my god! Yeah. Like you know, two superheroes on screen at the same time. That's crazy. Oh, well, now it's like, oh my yeah. god! Enough superheroes. There's too on many the superheroes on the screen. <laughs> yeah, that was my like two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know. That was the one thing that, that Suicide Squad did right was when whatever the, the dude with the who can climb better than anyone. Slipknot. He Slipknot. showed up. I was like, God damn it, another one? And then they kill him immediately. I'm like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah. that was, this, is about to get un, this is about to get unwieldier. <laughs> <laughs> number two was Guardians of the Galaxy Yeah, too. I missed that. I, that's which, the one I nailed. Yeah. I thought that was going to be number one. I yeah, put I that at number one myself. Yeah. Same here. Same Crisp. Here. Red. I am Chris super Rock. happy for what did come in number one. Though. Wonder yeah. Woman, man. Yes. That was my, yeah. It was on my list. It was my number three. That was my number five. I actually thought that the like the DC factor would yep. play into bumping that below Guardian. And also, I think we probably thought about the backlash of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Yes, before. exactly. I thought that in conjunction with There was already with the, a lot of that bullshit yep. going on from like, people complaining about like the women-only screenings and shit like that. But the cream so. rises to the top. Yes, Hell it does. Yeah. Good damn movie. And congratulations to Patty Jenkins. And Gal Gadot. Amazing. Gal Gadot. Gadot. Is it Gadot? I thought it was Gadot. It's definitely Gadot. I heard it was Gadot. I seriously did. It's Diana Prince. Let's just do it that way. Diana, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But your life, your love, and your man exploded. It's Chris P. See that rhyme? That was good. So who ended up being the leader here? Me and Ryan. Andy, Elijah, and Ryan Silverstein. How much did you guys score? Well, we got 60 points. So we tied at 60 points. I got 51. But we... I mean, all of the slash film cast, but we our top score was better than their top score. What was oh, their top suck score? Suck a dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the Vindra one. He got like yeah, fifty-three he did. or something. Fifty-three, like that. right? Um, okay, or fifty-something. But uh, so we actually we were somewhat competitive yeah, with the slash film was, cast uh, over there. Yeah, and he in the global rankings, I think he came in like two hundred and seventh. Right. Oh Jesus. Yeah. yeah okay. And I think Andy and I actually are came in like fifty-third overall. No way. That's yeah. awesome. Dan- so, out of how many people? Uh, a couple thousand. Yeah, there was sure. a lot of people. Yeah. That Damn, Ryan. You I know. know me, baby. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. 
and so, as the winners, uh, d- I believe the the promise was you guys would get to choose a movie for an episode, right? Whoever Absolutely. whoever won the wager would get to uh, pick a uh, movie for an episode, uh, and that was how we landed on. I don't even think we announced this at the top of the episode, did uh, we? No, I don't think so. Uh, what did you guys choose? I don't even remember. Blade Runner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what I did was I I kind of threw it out there, and you know, Ryan, you were like, oh, well, I need to watch that anyway. I don't know. Is that the movie that you would have chosen? I, I had sure. made a decision. I didn't want to like jinx myself just in case. I didn't want to get too yeah. like uh, really wrapped up in, in doing. I mean, there's there's tons of movies I would love to talk yes. to you guys about. And, and you have a podcast now called The Shame Files, where well, you could just do any of them. Well, I would have to pick a movie I have seen True. before. So um, since the premise of that show is all movies, all movies we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you suggested Blade Runner, I thought it's super timely, and yeah. I am definitely it was well overdue for a rewatch uh, before twenty forty. Yeah, that's the thing. Movie Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, also Twenty Forty Nine. We're not going to survive that long anyway, guys. So no, not that we're going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, Hugh Gasling. Yeah. And Harrison Ford. I know, dude. Fuck out of here. And that fucking coat. Come oh on, that thing's God, the star of the movie. Insane. That is almost as good. Ryan, as Ryan Gosling's coat. coat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's good jacket. But yeah, so when you guys suggested that, I mean. I appreciated that you suggested something for the show that wasn't going to be like a punishment uh, to us in some way, which <laughs> well, you guys certainly was on the table. At during Alien Covenant, I was like, I want to make you guys watch all four and a half hours of Gettysburg. <laughs> yes, I see. Which is the longest that. American movie uh, ever made. I used I'll, to love that movie growing up. Me too, yeah, man. Same here. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you grow up in Pennsylvania. I yeah, I know. You, know, you guys did. Yeah. Did you guys right. just finish watching it? <laughs> <laughs> I never at the time. I literally have probably seen it. Uh, I've seen it a few times. I've seen it maybe like 10 or 12 well, times. I actually don't really like, know yeah, what well, it is, to tell you the it's, truth. It's literally it? a reenactment of the Battle of Gettysburg that they filmed and put actors like Jeff Daniels in. Yeah. yeah. When did That's this basically come out? Uh, 90, the 90s. 94, yeah. 93. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It, it yeah. literally, okay. it looks to, or to my memory, and I haven't seen it since I was young, it looks like a made-for-TV movie about the Battle of Gettysburg. It was originally conceptualized as a made-for-TV movie for... Uh, TNT, I think, because it's a Turner broadcasting, Turner Films. Is there a rule in Hollywood that all Civil War movies have to kind of look like they're made for TV? Right? (laughs) Is that a thing? It totally has that look, too. Well, I mean, there's at least one exception to that rule uh, being Glory. Yes. Oh, true. Always an exception. And Cold Mountain. And, of course, um, the the Free State of Jones. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) That actually, I actually mostly liked that movie, but it, it does look like it's on TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gettysburg. I don't know. Right. I'm no glad it's good. Yeah. I'm glad. I just I just want to remind you guys of what it could have been. Yeah, exactly. How much worse it could have been. What, what were you going to choose, Ryan? <laughs> I mean, I, I for a long time, as people who have heard me on the show before might know, like I have a deep love of the Italian job, so I might have just <laughs> oh, picked that as wow. a like we should finally just movie movie. The we'll have more recent one or oh, the, the original, uh, the Mark Wahlberg led, yes, yes. Um, the Walmart Berg, if you will. Um, Thank you. Who's the uh, <laughs> F. Gary Gray directed. The Fate of the yes. Furious prequel. Um, yeah. So, That's right. So I, I might have picked that. Okay. Uh, I might have just picked something like really silly. We can we can do that. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. That's what I figured. I was definitely going to happen. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That yeah. might be a cool movie to actually watch both versions of and like do an oh, episode yeah. about. I've never seen I've never anything s- but the yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the Marky Mark version. Walmartberg. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we ended up on Blade Runner, which I was excited about because I've seen. I told you guys. I think I watched this the only time I've seen it. 
I saw it basically three times in a row when I bought that four DVD set that came out. Uh, I don't was that like ten years ago now? Oh uh, god damn it, it was oh, oh, right like something yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, I watched like the direct, you know, I watched like the theatrical, the directors, and the final, uh, and was mostly bored by all three viewings that I did just in like a weekend. Yeah, and so I, I never saw. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I uh, I think it was like right when my parents got a D- DVD player because I feel like Blade Runner was one of the first like DVDs to come out. So it would have been yeah. like in middle yeah, that's school, right. and then it was also one of the first ones that our library got. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, Harrison Ford, science fiction, yeah. like totally up my alley." Because they like, kind of used it to sell DVDs as a concept, if I yeah. remember right. Because it was like, oh, "Hey, yeah. you know that fucking other cut of Blade Runner that you all know about?" Because we've been talking about it for a decade, but was never available. Here we go; it's on a disc with and the original with theatrical animated file. menus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember that was like a thing. That was like, "Look yeah. what we can do: we can put both versions of the movie on one thing you can purchase." Yeah, but similar to your first watching experience yeah. i watched it like middle school age and i was like totally bored out of my mind yeah like i may have fallen asleep during it like i honestly don't remember. i think if i watched it middle school age i would have been bored as shit because yeah. I, I you know i was probably in my early 20s when i when i did right. finally see especially this especially because like the harrison ford movies like the star wars yeah. movies, indiana jones and like the fugitive yeah and, like maybe air force one there's definitely a then. big expectation so. <laughs> on blade runner because oh, of its regarding reputation. henry yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well i think i i told you guys while we we're watching this but i i did fall asleep the first time i I watched this, and in fact, I remember the day it was during one of the two blizzards of 2010. You oh, yeah. Those yep. blizzards, yes. 2009 oh, yes. to 2010. It was during forget. one of those blizzards. <laughs> I forget which one, but uh, for my friends and I, my girlfriend at the time, we watched a double feature of Blade Runner and Chinatown. Oh, sweet. And oh, that's a good To be one. honest yeah. with you, I slept through most of both of them uh-huh. <laughs> just because it was like one, uh, one of those extremely lazy days, and you're, yeah. you're stuck inside for like a week, so you're yep. basically just like you lose all sense of like you know, what time you should be awake and what time you should be asleep. Well, and also so, that's yeah. like kind of like a lot of what's going on in Blade Runner right. anyway. Like it's yeah. the sleepiest movie of all time. Yes. It's always raining. The sun's the, never shining. Yes, yeah, so the movie yeah. was like a perfect watch for that time. But unfortunately, like it just couldn't really hold my attention because maybe it felt too much like the world that was already <laughs> yeah. surrounding me. You if, know? if I had never seen either and didn't know we were watching both and fell asleep well <laughs> into Chinatown and woke up in Blade Runner, it would be like, how fucking long is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the president? Yeah. Who's the pre- What year is it? <laughs> is Jack Spoiler Nicholson alert. a robot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the guy from... Uh, um, yeah. I had the same experience for the first time I saw it. I was maybe like 16, 17. Yeah. And, and you got to think it's like Blade Runner. You oh, know, yeah. It feels like, oh, I'm going to get this crazy And it's got a reputation. Thing. And yeah. it's got a reputation. And the reputation that preceded it, though was never specific enough to prepare me right. for what it was. So when I saw it, it was like, oh, it's just kind of a slow burn, small movie. Yeah. Whatever. And it didn't... It grows, of course, in repeat viewers. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was very similar where you just... I didn't fall asleep, but I just didn't... I didn't connect with didn't, it. Yeah, I didn't care. It yeah. didn't move you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's it's actually profoundly moving. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, a very deep movie. Because it avoids pew pew. pew yeah. You know? Well, and it also just the I don't know. I think just with a little more age, like suddenly I just have much more appreciation of like a good actor that's evoking a lot of things about mm-hmm. his character through his face, which is mostly what all of this movie is. Yeah, and and I think too, like one of the themes of like one of the core themes of the movie is aging. And yeah. So as someone who like. You know, sometimes my back hurts a little bit when I get up <laughs> yeah. in the morning. Like, I feel this movie in a way that I never would have connected to yeah. as a younger man. Yeah. It's, you know, it gets, like, heavy-handed at that one oh, point. Yeah. 
but in a great way because it just so clearly goes like, yes, this is what this movie's about. When he meets his maker and he just says, I need more time. Yeah. Like, that's, that's literally what this... one of those watches is. from that Justin Timberlake Yeah, movie. exactly, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that Roy Batty says before... Is it Roy Batty or... No, yes. it's uh, Brian James's character. Oh, okay, yeah. it is. I don't know the character's name. Because he, he is a, a replicant that's sort of reckoning with the idea that mm-hmm. he's going to expire. And the line, his badass line before trying to kill somebody is, wake up, time to die. Yeah, yeah. And that's such a... That's such a uh, kind of a what's the word? It's the perfect picture of what they're what they're dealing with. Yes, and that's what life feels like when you go. Oh man, where did the time go? Yeah, you know how did you know? Wake up, time to die. Or it might yeah. be what you say a, if you're going to like a job you hate. Wake yes, up, exactly. Time to die. Time to die. Time to yeah. and also because you've woken up from your dreams. Yeah, and dreams is a big theme of the movie, right? Like mm-hmm. dreams being potentially where you access your quote unquote you know real life visit. Is it real life? Is it a dream? What's the difference? Um, and you know, waking up from your dream to this nightmare of of you know the life that they live in in Los Angeles, so polluted Los do Angeles. Do androids you know? dream of electric sheep? I've always wondered that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I think it's ultimately. Yeah, asking. yeah. No, you're right though. It is. It we call it a sleepy movie, but I think that is sort of purposeful. Oh yeah, because right. it it's kind like of meant dream. to be just shifting and phasing throughout mm-hmm. the, you know, throughout its. It, there is a, a three act structure, but it never feels, you know, as if it's broken because it just kind of phases to the next, you know. Every every shot like kind of just layers into the next one in a way. Like I don't mean mm. literally, but it just I don't like, remember any star wipes. No, no yeah, yeah. There's even a point in the middle of the movie um when Deckard is on the street and we end up spending like a lot of time on the street, like just like right in the middle of the movie. For the most part, we like we go to the street and then we're in a building. And then we go to the street and we're in a building. It like goes back and forth. And there's a chunk in the middle where he's on the street for a long time. And I, I was paying attention to this. Like, it actually seems to kind of take place. It's not like we're watching a linear thing happen in the street. We're watching, like, a bunch of different events that, I don't know, might even be taking place over a few days. It's not even clear. Like, might even be taking place over a few days. And the movie just kind of moves through them, like, from one to another without there being any real clear delineation of time or movement he also does that a lot too there's a lot of jump cuts throughout the movie where you things are not unfolding naturally necessarily sometimes we just sort of jump from like one point in the scene to like another point in the scene that how much time do you think passes in the the story i I don't know actually i I have no idea it seems like it should be a short amount of time but it Mm. feels like a long amount of time you know it's weird because i I mean talking about how it's dreamy it did that never even occurred to cross my mind. Right. Because I never really thought about how much time was passing. And now when I try to figure out how long it was, like, it could have been two days. Right, exactly. It could have been six months. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we never see Deckard live any sort of normal life. We, mm. you know, we, we see him, like, get changed. He changes clothes once, I think. Right. But we don't see him, like, you know, we see him eat. But, like, we don't see him sleep or wake right. up. And, like, I wonder why he doesn't need to sleep. Maybe he, <laughs> uh, uh. Well, we do see him pass out. He literally right. like passes out at one point, but I guess that could be from drunkenness. Can right. an electric sheep get drunk? Right. I mean, well, <laughs> I, I guess the uh, I, what I mean is that they're not um, showing the passage of time. Like, right. They're not yeah. They're making not. Yeah. Time passing part of the story. It's no. Something mm-hmm. that, like, and the sun never comes out, so like we also right. never have an indicator right. of like you know, hey, this is, is there a day. Ever any talk of how the world is the way it is, or is it just I think that it's way? Assumed that. Well, I know I read some you know, interviews and stuff about 2049. And one of the reasons why it has such a strong orange look in some of those trailers is this idea that like the climate has basically just gone insane by then. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that it is a reflection of pollution. And I think it's like the idea the rain is supposed to sort of be, you know, somehow related to climate change mm-hmm. and pollution. But so also it's less like a traumatic event happened and more just yeah. general entropy. But also at the same time, you know, a lot of those, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot of those, but it also fits the general noir landscape that they're inhabiting, yes. of yeah. course. Yeah. But also I think that it fits in perfectly with this idea that like, yeah, basically the future is, you know, like things have gone so far downhill that basically it just rains 24 hours mm-hmm. a day in Los Angeles now. And I know that like the big joke about, you know, Los Angeles and the rain is that like when it rains, the city basically shuts down and right. like, people freak out like maybe we freak out about snow. Like mm-hmm. nobody knows how to drive in it, you know. But uh, I think... Well, that's I, one of the opening shots in the movie is just fucking fire in the sky. Yes. Like we have reached a point of such industrialization that... You know, if you go to Los Angeles now, it's not like there's a big industrial complex right in the middle of Los Angeles that's like pumping out like that. And now you're looking right at like what appears to be the center of Los Angeles, and there's literally just stacks, like mm. smokestacks, up to the sky with just fire coming out of them. It's at like all it's times. North Jersey or something. Well, it's just I mean, I think that points to the <laughs> idea of I do think it points to the idea of of our impact on the world just yes. sort oh, of absolutely. turning it yeah. into this, you know? Yeah. But it still resulted in flying cars, which we were promised never yeah. got. That still have wheels. Still have wheels. Yeah. You know, so you can yeah. you can make a choice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. So where they're going, they don't need roads. <laughs> but it's an option. Yeah. Now, if only I they could power them by trash. Talking about with time though, it's interesting because that I relate that to, you know, obviously it's convenient in terms of the the story, but I, I've always thought it's interesting that as soon as these replicants show up and they're trying to find, you know, get more time, meet their maker, but they basically, you know, Roy Batty immediately starts to basically die mm-hmm. immediately afterwards. So it's almost like, wow, time is moving even quicker than they even realized. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like this movie, like this, the sense of time not being felt in a really, in a real linear sense or in a real, like, you know, obviously like think about it. It's already September. It's 2017. Mm-hmm. It seems like this year just started. Yeah. And obviously like, you know, time creeps up on you, right? Especially the older you get. And I wonder if that's, you know, the movie trying to kind of fit in with that theme of basically like we never have enough time, no matter mm-hmm. who it is, whether you're a human, whether you're a replicant, it's like you look down and suddenly, boom, your arm is like going out. Or like you said, Ryan, like, boom, one day, yeah. you know, your back is hurting you. And mm-hmm. uh, and then what do you know? Suddenly, boom, time to die. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so... I think it's intentionally really like time almost just folded in on itself in this movie. Mm. You know, it's like it just doesn't exist in a in a typical linear narrative by any means. Wake up, time to die. Oh. Yeah. I'm uh, sad now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like Well, I think I used to be the... so young and innocent. I, and now, now you like Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, like now Blade you can relate Runner. to Blade Runner. I'm falling apart. Who knows what's going on inside well, this cle- meat sack? It's that's clearly like Scott's obsession, though, right? Oh, like yeah. that, oh, I mean, totally. he's made so we many he movies lives about this. Yeah, <laughs> good point. He's made so many movies about this. Covenant touched on it again. Like, yeah. Came right back around to this idea. Um, and one of the things that I was thinking is so interesting to me about, like, kind of thinking about Scott as a filmmaker because we've we talked about Alien Covenant on this show before. Um, I don't know if we've done any other Ridley Scott movies. Did we do Alien at some point? I can't remember. Um, I think we did a good year. No, we did. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I don't, I, White I don't Squall, think maybe. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I think we did Alien. We might have done Alien. Yeah, yeah we, we did Covenant. Hundred episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Then we yeah. can't even remember what yeah, we've exactly. done. Well, we Bone Tomahawk. And Covenant, of course, was the film that we yes. uh, reviewed when we first had the summer wager. Yeah, which is so interesting that we ended I up on Blade Runner. Total coincidence that we picked another Ridley Scott movie. Nice. Oh, right on. It is. He has another movie coming out this year. Does he really? Yeah, in December. It's about the kidnapping of the kid of the richest man in the world. Yeah, it comes out in December. I forget what what it's called, but wow. there's like big people in it. That sounds he's cool. Just doing yeah. it, yeah, man. He's dude. He's, he's running out of time. Well, I was thinking about like one of the things that people complained it's about with Covenant was that it seems to shift its focus from like its main character to David, uh, which was another complaint people had about Prometheus, which is something that Alien wow. is literally based on. Alien is based on the idea that we think we're watching the protagonist. And then it shifts gears, and we realize we're watching a movie about somebody else. I watching this, I realize like that's how I feel about this movie. Yes. Deckard is not who this movie's about to me. This movie is about Roy Batty to mm-hmm. me. Like, You're watching exactly it this right. time, Roy is who I sympathize with, who like grounds me emotionally in the movie. Like I was like obsessed with his performance in this. Like I this whole viewing, I was like so focused on him. And I feel like Deckard is kind of just meant to be the like entryway into Roy Batty's story. And it seems like a storytelling device that Scott is like obsessed with. Well, like it's all tricking about... us into thinking we're watching a movie about somebody that we're not, you know? With with Roy, the, I think the reason why we end up going with him is because he is the character that has passion. Right. Um, what's his name? De- uh, Deckard. He's not really interested in doing the job. No, yeah. But he's good enough at it that he's just going to go for it. Yeah. He, uh, his arc is that he goes from not caring to actually kind of caring, <laughs> uh, at least enough to stay alive. But yeah. like... It is Roy's fight, but he's the passionate one. Yeah. He, I, there was something about... And I, uh, Rucker Howard is great in this. Uh, and there's Fantastic. something about his performance that just, like, I really gravitated to that way more than I did to Deckard's story. Yeah, he's totally magnetic. Like, he really does own the screen whenever he's on it. You yeah. can't not watch it. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. And connecting him to David from Prometheus and Alien Covenant, actually, like, that totally makes sense in terms of he does meet his maker. Yep. And his maker is... a. Uh, inferior in his eyes yeah mm-hmm. and he takes that out with violence yeah um and then he, you know he is motivated to move forward to do whatever he can um you know their goals are very different i think yeah but yeah. they still have that obsession with creation and life and mm-hmm. my creator and all that stuff i think they're both equally interested and disinterested in legacy because mm. like david is about power and he kind of tricks himself into thinking it's about his legacy of creating something mm-hmm. um roy batty it is about greedy you know life G- yeah give me life yeah. but then his big lament when he goes is i've seen all of these crazy things mm-hmm. and my memory of it is gone right and Ooh. so where his is less of a like he doesn't say oh i did all these amazing things it's, right. i've seen all these things and that's mm-hmm. it you know it's gone however i'll 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 throw this on there as well so uh, this isn't my brilliant original idea, but this is my, <laughs> my dear friend Jacobs. Um, but so, you know, one of the big reasons why Roy Batty saves Deckard at the end, you know, why does he save him? He spent this whole movie or this whole like action scene basically hunting him down. Yeah. Theoretically trying to kill him. Right. right. So why does he save him so that he can live on in Deckard's memory? He knows that he's about oh, to die. Wow. Oh. So he saves him to live on in his memories. Uh, it's because he wants that legacy yeah. for himself. He knows that he doesn't have time left, but he knows that Deckard, theoretically, as far as he knows, has time left. So if he can save his life, then that's a way of like kind of cementing his legacy, much like in Alien Covenant, David is looking to kind of cement his legacy through this, you know, creation of 
you know, pure destructive organism like the mm. alien, like the xena xenomorph, you know. Yeah, that's really but, interesting. Uh, and also like I would also I mean, kind of backpedaling a little bit, but to the idea of Deckard as kind of like, you know, the the great thing about him being a very kind of you know, it's almost turning into sort of a, a side character mm-hmm. in the film is that that kind of fits the noir trope of like the, you know, the passive detective. Like right. When you think about it's actually funny that I watched this movie back to back with Chinatown because, you know, it's actually really similar to was it Jake Giddles or Jake Giddies? Uh, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giddies. Giddies. Yeah. It's very similar to him where he he starts off not really caring by the end of the movie. He doesn't really care so much as he's fallen in love with this woman who you know, obviously it works out a lot better for Deckard in the end, but um, so it's kind of interesting how, you know, both of these detectives end up becoming the sort of the least interesting parts in their stories. Like mm-hmm. in this movie, in Blade Runner, it's Batty who becomes like the emotional heart of the movie. Yeah, yeah. In Chinatown, it's um, Faye Dunaway's character. Yes, I yeah. forget her name. Yeah. She becomes the that character name. emotional heart of that mm-hmm. film. And to draw another parallel between and Getty's... And she dies too. Uh, yes, yeah. and between Gettys and Deckard too, is that they both kind of have the a similar arc in terms of their ultimate realization is like, oh, this is way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is way bigger than me. You know, I'm going to play my part in the machine, but I'm just content to back into yeah. it. I mean, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. That's his lesson. Is forget like, it. Deckard. It is so much bigger it's than Los you. Angeles. Don't do it. Yeah, well, yeah. it's like forget it. Like he is right. He has seen huge things. Yeah, planets. You know, whatever the fuck he says. And like you know, <laughs> I've but, seen yeah, fucking planets. planets. Shit. Time tears, to die. Tears and rain. Tears and rain. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like a? Would you like some robot snake Chinese food? Or whatever? You know, yeah. Yes, I, yes. You know what? That sounds great. I'd yeah. have some robot David Webb people's food. in the house. Gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's <laughs> no, but, but I, right. they, they follow that same arc of just yeah. they decide I have to just back out. The ironic thing though is that both Deckard and Giddies almost get their worldviews confirmed by the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. is that basically like everything's meaningless like yeah forget it jake it's chinatown but yet both characters do inexorably care more yes yeah yeah because they enter it in a detached like i don't fucking care about this yeah and then it becomes like i can't care about this because if i do it'll break me yeah yeah Yeah. when like the world is still meaningless but i'm but i'm like you know but i'm I'm here now. I'm awake. Yeah, I, I have found my meaning. You know? Like the yeah. world yeah. itself. Yeah. Done dreaming of electric right. sheep, and my choices mean something. Yes, like yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. even like more important to mm-hmm. that is that like yes, the world may be meaningless, but what I, I have control over who I am and what I do, mm-hmm. and through that, yes. I can have an impact even in a meaningless world. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, even, even if, if the outcome is almost the same, but right. I've changed a little bit. Y- exactly. You know? He's like, I'm in complete control of my destiny, and for some reason, I could really go for an ice cold Coca Cola and some Atari right about now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's my own decision. I don't think I was yeah. coerced into this. And I'm also bilingual in you know, <laughs> yeah. Japanese and yeah. English, which is great. Hey, but, uh, and that's great. You know, but, uh, but. An- another sort of connection to Chinatown is uh, that's all about water rights in L.A. And mm-hmm. in L.A., that no, like here, nobody would care because it's raining all the time. So it's right. inverse. And I feel like Chinatown almost exclusively takes place during the day. True. Yeah. Yes, and until the very end scene. Yeah, and like this is all at night. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of thinking, like, why is it raining all the time? Like, besides, like, setting up, like, it, yeah. But it's it's almost like opposite L.A. Like inverse yeah. yes. L.A. It's the inverse of that negative. It's the daytime to the nighttime. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. and they're both equal in... problems. Having no water and having rain all the time are both equally. Well, it's because it's you know, not like you can fucking and... drink that water. Yeah. Exactly. Runner. It's exactly. fucking full of acid and 
pollution mm. in LA. and probably coca-cola yeah, probably. yeah. <laughs> let's hope so um you know and and then with mm. the like with the water rights it's all about like water is a commodity mm. in that movie right and in this movie like water being ubiqu- ubiquitous is sort of like how we have human life and replicants all intermingling and mm. so life is sort of a commodity now mm-hmm. um and then uh, so like it can be bought and sold like you put water in a bottle and sell it you know the way yep. now that you can put life into a machine and sell that to somebody. And there's also a um, uh, so obviously in this film too, there's this subtle suggestion that the reason why, you know, like basically all we see in Blade Runner is you know people living on top of people, right? And then there's the extreme, um, huge uh, gulf between them and Tyrell, right? Who lives yep. in basically the top of a fucking pyramid. literally a pyramid. Yeah, literally lives in a pyramid. And also, as we said, he's the only. That's the only time there's you see the sun in the movie yes. is from his room, right? Because he lives beginning. high enough above all yes. of this yes. that he still all gets a smog. glimpse at right. Yeah, like and, the uh, Matrix yeah. sequels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And in um, the man in the high tower, basically, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. who he is, yeah. right? He's the man in the eye. Oh, you know, on like how uh, on our dollar bills, there's yep. the pyramid oh, with yeah. the yes. eye. Yeah. Yep, he's the. He eye. lives in the eye of the pyramid, and the eye is a huge symbol. In this you movie. trying to tell me that this movie was made by the Illuminati? Yes, I'm buying it. <laughs> I am purchasing that. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely Illuminati. Beyonce was the executive producer, yeah. <laughs> even though she was like five years old at the time. Okay. Yeah, she okay. was just a baby. Yeah. Okay. Well, also there is suggestion. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna have some more wine. There's also a suggestion about um, in Chinatown the reason why they are clearing out why they're she's expanding like, you the water. Should have put a right? ring pop on it. Okay, she's five. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> the reason why they're clearing out all this land for the water is to expand, right? Yes. Because yep. people need to move. They need, they need to leave the city to mm-hmm. like move out. And just like in this movie, people need to leave Los Angeles to go to live on other planets at mm-hmm. this point mm-hmm. because we've you know fucked up earth so badly yeah. right so there's this idea that of constant expansion and constant growth you know um so i mean we could we could well, compare these two even movies that's parallel all day, though that's the yeah, that's yeah. what this movie is reckoning with yeah. is the idea of entropy as we age that is essentially what we're what we feel when we go oh man yeah. you know I, my back hurts my knee hurts whatever it, that is entropy happening like things things break down mm-hmm. yep. that is just like a general fact and you know that's what Roy is fighting against. Yeah. Right. Uh, when he has his big sort of like when he snaps and kind of goes a little bit crazy, it's when he talks to Terrell and Terrell says, you know, we we actually did try to give you I more love that life. scene. Yeah. We we tried this and it turned out to be a virus. We yep. tried that. It just didn't work. You you are the best we can do. You know, and and it's wonderful, but like to find out like, hey, this is this is not some perfect machine that is going to fall apart. Yeah. That's a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. And the it idea- affects robots and I think when we talk about sentience, that is ultimately what it is. Like you can you can make something past the I forget what it's called, but called the, the ex machina test. Say the Bechtel <laughs> test, which is wrong. <laughs> well, well, that's Turing only test. if two boy I mean, it's not two girl robots yeah. talk to each other, right. but they're not talking about a boy a, robot. A boy robot, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And this it's movie the, does it's not. The Bechtel test. Yeah. It's, it's the, the imitation game. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's the Turing test. The guy test. No, yes, it's the net. We got, yeah. it's it's to, it's totally hackers y'all yeah but and you reroute the encryptions the the, the idea though is that um, now i've lost it <laughs> the, the but, idea, yeah. well, going going off that yes, like, go take the, it I'm um, fucked up. that's why harrison ford is the perfect choice for deckard because nobody winces in pain and yes. shows pain right. on his face the way that Harrison Ford and does. nobody is really dissolving faster than Harrison Ford right now yeah. that man's right. crashing planes yeah. breaking bones <laughs> yeah. he's just well, falling apart yeah um, he really wanted out of Star Wars. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Come back. We'll kill you. Yeah. 
What you were saying now there, Dan. Uh, what is this, a lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> it struck a chord with me about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I lost the that the thought now, too. My wife. Yeah. Said it struck a chord with yeah, me. Yeah, I lost it. I'll find it again. Either way, that's a terrifying idea to find out, like, hey, things things oh. are never going to last. Things yeah. fall apart. And, and that's, to me, that's what defines sentience is knowledge of your impermanence. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When it comes to a robot, you can make a robot do everything. It can be a perfect facsimile of what sentience looks like. But without the idea of self-reflection, it, yeah. then it's not real. Well, and, with and, like, uh, and so self-reflection comes from the idea of I, I have to reckon with the fact that I'm impermanent. And right, that's yeah. with Rachel. Like what, what actually motivates Rachel to leave you know, the comfort of Tyrell's bosom, as it were, you know, his pyramid, and actually move out into the world, hunt down Descartes, pursue an intimate relationship, like fall in love kill someone you know like she has this wild adventure as soon as she realizes that you know as soon as she starts to become aware that she's a replicant mm -hmm. and thus that she has you know that her time her is time limited, is limited right? yeah so that actually is what forces her to go out and live yeah mm -hmm. you know and and i would say that you know the great you know it's a pretty clear pull and a lot of sci-fi but you know the big uh thing about that conversation that tyrell has with daddy is that well, that's exactly what God would say to us. Yeah. You know, as we, mm -hmm. we want more time, you know, well, if we were to meet our maker, if we were to meet God, we want more time. Well, you're the best we could do. Yeah. You know? and, and our reaction would be like, well, fuck you. Aren't yeah. you just Guy Pierce and some makeup? <laughs> <laughs> but the only difference is, you know, we have, we have, you know, anywhere between, we have a lot more time than these replicants do, of mm -hmm. course. But, of course, the, po the whole big point, to me, this movie is really about a replicant like Batty living an incredibly full, beautiful, big life and in the span of a few years where Deckard yeah. uh, thinks that he has all the time in the world and he's just fucking glum, depressed, mm. hunting down. You know, he's just kind of living this fairly meaningless life, basically. It's mm -hmm. interesting that you say that because the one thing I noticed this time around that I didn't notice before is when he has the love scene with uh, Rachel's her name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When they kind of hook up, that's the one time that he sort of, like, his motivation for that seems to be less of passion and more of a, like, fuck it. Yeah, let's fucking fuck this robot. I, I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but I, I think it comes from this, you know, he, yeah, he's he not realizes, really that into like, her at the beginning. I'm kind of into just having this adventure, and if this is part of it, let's let's yes-man this. Well, that's and he kind of, I don't know if it's Harrison Ford doing what Harrison Ford does, or he, if that's yeah, He's his going character. through the motions a little bit. Well, yeah, and, but it's also, it's what it's what the old but, gumshoe does, too. It's like... This might be me trying know, to put a rationalization on that scene, but I, I want to throw this A, because this is what I was thinking this time, because that scene definitely reads as, like, pretty rapey by today's standards, mm -hmm. and so it's, like, a little hard to like stomach I think but I was trying to and I really think this is kind of going on in that scene one of the things about replicants is they have no emotions right that's the whole test they do is mm. does it have an emotional reaction right so theoretically a replicant should be kind of disinterested in sex mm. or replicant. not know what to do about yeah. uh, about whatever sexual emotion might come up right and I kind of think that that scene is is him this is me kind of rationalizing what happens there but like him realizing, like, oh, she's having a feeling for me. Mm. And the only reason she's trying to run out the door right now is because she literally doesn't know what to do. She has no idea how to process it, what to do with it. Oh, yeah. She's not supposed to have feelings, but she's starting to because she's different. They gave her memories. And so then he forces himself on her. 
But like, because he, he literally then starts to guide her through the process of sex. He's and like, you got to ask him a little bit of that. Tell is me him just being like, well, she's not even real. So, right. you know, no just means bleep, bloop, blurp. I think there is like some weird moral thing that's happening there yeah. with that. But I do think it's also like he literally walks her through. He's like, tell me you love me. Do this. Do that. Like, yeah, I right. almost think he's literally like, I know that you want. I, I can literally feel that you have a feeling for me right now. Yes. This is what you do with those feelings. Yes. Yeah. This is and, how that works. And that's why, to me, the scene didn't actually come across as all that rave. Because it right. felt very innocent in a way. Right. Because you can see where he hasn't, like... You know, sex he hasn't felt that way either. Really, right, and sex right? is a very vulnerable thing, yeah. and he has not been vulnerable in a while because he has—he's just ignoring that whole aspect of himself, right? Uh, where he's above it all and not engaged with things and go, kind of going through the motions and doing his job, yeah. And so, it—I think it's that mutual sort of like it—it feels—it felt very innocent to me in mm-hmm. that sense of like him guiding her through, but not in a predatory way, in a mm-hmm. very like, like you said, like instructional, like. Let me show you how this works. Yeah. One at the very end, we chart his growth too, because in that scene, he says, Tell me you love me. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the end, when he sees her uh, in the final scene, he says, Do you love me? Right. So, so he has grown at least that much to the point where he no longer has to kind of live in, you know, he's basically living in like a, an AI design, you know, sound almost like a simulated world. Mm-hmm. Tell me you love me. Like he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. looking for those results, but at the end he's willing to hear her response. He's willing to hear her answer to his question. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I also and, think he's genuinely yeah. interested in the yeah. answer to that question, because I think that is part of what's going on throughout the movie is him oh, testing the waters. Of, yeah. yeah. He's like, he's testing the waters yeah. of this emotional. Well, that brings the being. question is like, if it gets to the point, like, does, if she does love him, then is this actually life? Right. Has Terrell created actual life? Right. Well, and is the, she the, a replicant or is she a human at this point? And, and the well, fact that she's questioning whether she's a replicant or not is a sign of her reckoning with the idea, like, am I real? Is that and is that life then? Yeah. Well, that's if, the if whole, it is asking about itself. That's the whole reason I think Roy is such an interesting character in this movie, because as far as we know, Roy does not have the same upgrade that she does. Roy is not a replicant that has been given memories of mm-hmm. another life, right? Like that is supposedly the the upgrade that she has that none of the, according according to what right. Terrell yeah, says. He's right. known he's that, a replicant since day one. Right. right. However, I and this is what's so great about Howard's performance is I feel like immediately you know there's something different about Batty mm-hmm. and that Batty is going through something like very significant and he is maybe starting to feel like the, to me, that's very clear. Like almost immediately when you meet that well, his character, his response yeah. is slightly more immature because yeah. he doesn't have a lived. He doesn't have wisdom yet. Right. He's got it to a degree, but like for her to have those memories, it's going to create a wisdom. And so her approach is a little bit of a softer touch. Yeah. Whereas Roy, when it's you know when when death becomes a concept to someone who knows that they aren't air quotes real. Right. You know he gets a little bit more wild about it oh yeah you know but that's also where his passion comes from too that's what i mean uh sean young's character she's not she is pretty bland expressively wise she's not very expressive whereas roy is a circus yeah but i think the big thing though is that so deckard is confronted with these two robots one that he knows is just a robot right no Mm. memories one that does have memories and maybe makes her more than a robot. And that's what he's going through through yeah, the movie. Is this ex- upgrade one real? Right. And he's experimenting with this idea of like, well, okay, if she can think and feel and da-da-da, like how is she different from me and what does right. that mean? And then he's confronted with this other robot that is not upgraded like she is, 
but seems to be having oh, similar revelations, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so now he's forced to question, like, what have I been doing all along? Like, what really are they? And and can they evolve into something mm-hmm. like us? Yeah, because we still know that bats and, and all are, like, they're the newest model that's right. out, sort of out in the yes, world. Yes, in the world, yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, the memory is sort of our jump-starting Rachel. Into, yes. And she's getting to the same place, but from a totally different path. Yes. Yeah. And, like, what makes, like, bats even more real is that it's all developed it's experiential his, it's all experiential it's not yeah. it's not right. jump started by these it's not artificial yeah, yeah. yeah and also the idea that um that the interesting thing though about batty i think you're right like, he doesn't have memories right but then his cohort brian james right like in the he has that stack of pictures right mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. the thing that that um that gaff and deckard find when they go into that apartment mm-hmm. first they find his stack of pictures and he's obviously really distraught that they've taken these because those are his memories. Right. And those are what he's – but those aren't his memories. Those are what he has decided are his memories mm. because he doesn't have the capacity. If he's the same model as Batty, yep. then you know, perhaps he doesn't have the capacity to make these new mem- – to have memories or to have memories implanted. But in a way he does because that's what these pictures are. Well, him. that's what's so right. interesting about the stacks of pictures around Deckard's that's apartment. Right. Because right. Deckard has these stacks of pictures around his apartment – None of them appear to be the same people. I was like paying attention to that. They all appear to be just like different random people, and they're and very old. Too, they're right? very old, yeah. and it really seems that's one of the. I think that's one of the things that points most directly to the question of is he a replicant or not? Is those pictures because I get the same impression you do about um, uh, the other uh, replicant Brian character, James. Brian James' character, that that stack of pictures is him sort of for like convincing himself these are his memories, or maybe. Looking well, at, or maybe looking it. at what, maybe looking at what he knows to be someone else's memories, and going, are any of these mine? Yeah. Like, which one of these gives me the? Oh, that's okay. That's one of my, and I almost think that's what Deckard's doing. He's like amassing these, these pictures, and just going like, maybe one of these will like make yeah. me connect to something and feel something, and maybe that is my memory. If if he's a replicant, that, I just think yeah, that's right. one of the well, things right. that points I, to that question. I, and even if he's not, like it is really interesting to have a really really human robot versus a really really robotic human. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's the that's big such question. A typical noir thing to right. just be like, you don't want to get you don't want to get mixed up with me. I'm a rebel. Yeah, I'm a right. loner. You know, yeah. it's it's. I'm, I'm well, quoting Pee Wee. I was going to say, did you just yeah. turn yeah. Pee Wee into that's a noir? Pee Wee's doing. Yeah. He's doing yes. his own noir fantasy where yeah. it's like my life is too crazy. And like I think Deckard, at least at one point if he's not a replicant, may have entertained that fantasy of just like, you know, my life is rough. Don't even touch it. Right. I'm good on my own. I work alone. You can't give me a talking dog as a partner, chief. (laughs) I work alone. I go home, I play the piano, and I look at some old pictures, and that's my business. And then I dream of unicorns. Yeah, Yeah. and I dream... Well, yeah. Putting okay, put two replicants next to one another. You've got the baddie that he actually has lived in experience. Yes, and that manifests when he you know reaches what I'm calling sentience. You yes. know, the, the self doubt yep. when he's reaching that, it gives him a, you know he reacts to it a certain way. Then you have Sean Young's character, Rachel's it, Rachel, right? Rachel, yeah, Rachel. Yeah. She she actually has fake memories that create the illusion of a long. T- so he has like short term wisdom. <laughs> that was gained for real, and she has long-term wisdom that was gained in pretend. Yeah, yes, and I, I, I couldn't tell you which one's better. Right. Well, I think that that's. I think that the I think that the movie knows which one is better. The the movie clearly lands on the side of Batty, right? I, I think so. But I think the I thing mean, is, he is played yeah. as a villain, but he also is played as a hero. Where he's right, it, he is. 
I see Sean Sean Young's character as someone who's just like, listen, kid, you'll know when you're older. And he's the the one who's like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to play my bass, you know? <laughs> yeah. But he's actually really good at bass. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's an anti-hero. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what, what is that? There's that line in the middle of the movie when I think Tyrell says it, you know, or or somebody says it, the, you know, the the light that, you know, shines twice as, twice as bright. Yes. Burns out half, you know, it lasts half as long. And you burn and so bright. You, and he burns so bright. So yeah. the idea, you know, well, you know, obviously Batty... Batty couldn't have lived very long, but he, you know, he burned so bright. Right? Yeah, he so lived. He, had, yeah. he packed so much life experience in that little bit of time, yeah. and that's kind of why why he couldn't last. Just like all of our, you know, so many of our beloved artists, obviously the yeah. people in the Twenty Seven Club, yeah. you know, like your Kurt Cobain's, your Amy Winehouse, Jonathan Brandis, you know, and Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> we were just, well, we were just talking about that uh, it miniseries, but yeah, so that's the idea, you know, is that. Un- undoubtedly the movie is kind of coming down on that side but yes at the same time it's acknowledging like as a viewer you know i've never attacked ships off the shores of orion you know i've never i've never you know i can't relate to what batty's talking right. about i'm coming at it from deckard's point of view and i see what batty's talking about and i'm envious of his experiences i'm envious mm-hmm. of like the life that he's lived but i also know that if i were to live that life that would by virtue mean that I wouldn't live that long. I I, I would only be around for a few years. Well, and uh, you bringing up the quote about like you, you, you've shined so bright or you've burned so bright. Mm -hmm. Actually, like, because we know that Ridley Scott loves biblical references, yes. like he's very much mm-hmm. Lucifer uh-huh. um, in terms uh-huh. of you know, the, the falling star. And, uh-huh. you know, he comes down to earth and he like fucks shit up and he wants to meet God and challenge him. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's like a sympathetic story about that character, kind of. I think, yeah. in in my estimation, I think a lot. Of, I mean, I think a lot of Lucifer Satan stories end up being very sympathetic. Yeah. to Satan. When I want to say it kind of reminds me of like this idea of, you know, but these memories, right? Yeah. Like this this whole thing with, you know, Deckard. He has these old pictures. So when you see those old pictures, you assume, well, he must be really human because obviously he has these pictures from. 100 200 years ago mm-hmm. like from the past but in reality well, you know why are we to assume that those pictures are any more real than the pictures that you know Brian James has why mm-hmm. are we why are they any more real than the the memory implants that Rachel has you know maybe they're old but, cases right yeah, or could exactly be. Yeah. they used you know? to have yarn connecting them on the wall <laughs> so you could just point at them right yeah. but like you said you know Gary there's no reason to think that he doesn't talk about who these people are he right. doesn't mention that right. we're just sort of we get tricked into assuming that those are real because we place a certain value on the past and time. Yeah. But in reality, you know, what are memories for these characters except a way to lengthen their lives? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, with, with the whole life of memories, Rachel has gone from living a few years to living 24 years. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, so it's almost like, obviously that's what memories are to us. They, they make us feel like we've lived a long time. And at the same time, they can almost dull us into this submission, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, kind of just, well, I've lived, I've lived my life. I'm here, um, you know, every day. This kind of Groundhog Day kind of thing can start to kind of happen for us, right? So, I don't know. Oh my God, this movie, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm like having an upset. Well, an so where do you guys come down here. on it? Do you think he is or isn't a replicant? Well, one, th- I mean, as we bring that up, it's kind of interesting. Like we mentioned earlier about like the theme of aging is like 
like punctuated in the movie a few times. Yeah, and the movie doesn't bring even introduce the question of whether or not uh, Descartes is a right. I don't think the movie not. ultimately right. asks yeah, that's that something question. That we kind we of ask it collectively. Yeah, came to. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And it's valid to ask, but I just thought it was I interesting. I think it of does like, ask the question at the very end when he picks up the unicorn origami. Why do you think the unicorn well, origami? And this isn't that. entirely mine because I've, I think you're I've, right. Though. I've read this online, so obviously, and as and by the way, I would say this is like one of the few movies where I actually think like digging deep into like the Wikipedia of it, it actually makes it like a much better movie, mm-hmm. or my, it at least helped me to really appreciate it that much more. So he has a dream, obviously, yeah. in the middle, or not a dream, almost like a vision of the unicorn, right? Mm-hmm. And in the end, he fi- and we know that Gath makes that origami, right? Yeah, he makes a bunch Just of wherever it. he goes. Yeah. And in the end, when he's leaving, he finds a unicorn origami, mm-hmm. suggested so who would have known that he dreamt of unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. Except someone who had access to his dreams. Mm-hmm. And if someone has had access to his dreams and his, maybe they implanted it. And if they implanted it, maybe, well, obviously he would have to be a replicant. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a suggestion that, um, that he is, I think that that's the one time that the movie kind it of, it does kind of lean in that, that angle. Yeah. I think but, well, what you said, Ryan, when it ended, you, you made the joke that it was his totem from inception. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it actually serves the same, the same function as the totem. Cause I'll never forget when I saw inception for the first time, when it cut to credits, the whole theater went, Oh, <laughs> yeah. cause they were dying to know. And it's because it spins and it never stops. But it seems to waver. Yeah. And that, that has that waver where you go, that could be coincidence, but man, he did have a unicorn dream. And yeah. so I think it's... But also I think... I, I think it does lean towards saying he's a replicant. I think it's more just it's... The function of that moment is to make you ask. I think it, it makes you ask. And I think the I think ultimately the movie, even if it leans in that direction, it still says, but guess what? It doesn't matter whether yeah. he's a replicant or not. Because that's not what this movie... Is about is well, the movie's kind of proven to us that replicants are kind of alive, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like it, it has come exactly. to that. And for me, like in the absence of that question, I feel like the unicorn still has a lot of significance in the movie because to me, the unicorn is Rachel, mm-hmm. and that mm. that unicorn origami is showing that like they're still going to come for her. Like there's still going to be other Blade Runners mm-hmm. out there trying to track her down, yep. no matter where they go. Like they're kind of like giving them like, oh, here's your 15 minute head start. Mm-hmm. That was kind of how I saw that because like I just you know I. To me, there's no indication that any of the previous origami has anything to do with anybody else's dreams or, yeah. or you know, any connection to them. He's just oh, making yeah. origami. To me, that was just a sign that, oh, that guy has been there, yep. which means he and she was just like, wasn't she just like asleep when he got there? Yep. So yeah. like he just like that guy was there and knew that she like is hunting her. You know, yep. it was like so it was just I don't know. I think it is supposed to be an indication like, oh, this is this is going to keep going. Like, yep. you're going to have to run. They're not really out of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I, I think the example you brought up earlier, Garrett, with the, the, the picture, the photographs yeah. and uh, the other replicant having the photographs, mm-hmm. I think that is the strong to me. That's like the most convincing argument yeah. that maybe he is. So there's one other thing, but I don't know if this is from the other cuts. So we watched the final Wait, cut. I don't before know we, we before this. we leave the unicorn, yeah, I have to add: what is a unicorn? But a completely not real thing that will live on beyond all of us. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know that a unicorn it's has got its never own existed. That's totally and unicorns fake. will exist yeah. long afterwards. That's true. And we've created them. And we yeah. created them. We yeah. created something that is minds. truly immortal, at least until we can stop processing. You know. Yeah, that's true. Unicorns last forever. Every fucking buddy knows what a unicorn is, yep. and there has never ever been one. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Blam. good. Well done. That so we watched the final cut, <laughs> which I don't think that we addressed so far, and I don't know that this is in the other cuts. I have no idea. There is a moment where you so 
and this is a very intentional, I think, on um, uh, Scott's part, is all the replicants have this weird orange glow in their eyes, down to even the animals that they constantly tell us are fake. We even see that orange glow in their mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, there is one moment in this cut, the final cut, where in the background, when De- so Deckard is talking to Rachel, uh, and uh, the way the shot is set up, Rachel's in the foreground, and Deckard walks into the background, to where he is no longer in the focus of the lens anymore. He's sort of like, you know, he gets a little blurry. He's out of focus. And for just a second, you see that orange glow in his eyes that we see in all the other replicants' eyes throughout the movie. I don't know if that's in the other cuts because I do know that Scott has since basically gone on the record to say, oh, yeah, Deckard's a replicant. That's why I brought it up. I have the exact quote uh, from Ridley Scott is... He is definitely a replicant. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, He's like gone on yeah. record to say that is 100% how what he intended with the movie. So, but what I Although don't know he has is. been teasing with the new one. I know. That they would reveal what yeah, it would I be. I know. Even, but they basically yeah. did we'll in the see. trailer. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so my we'll question. Though. My question, though, is did he add that in the final cut, that little glow to the eyes, so that yeah. he could put his definitive stamp yeah. on, oh, yeah, he's a replicant. Here's the definite evidence. Or d- did yeah. that exist all the way back to the original sure. one? Because if it did, that is, I think, the one thing that 100% absolutely points to him being a replicant, right. is that yeah. that just little glow in his eyes in that scene. So, uh, speaking of the the cuts, what do you guys think in general about, like, you know, I think it's pretty much agreed upon that the, f- quote-unquote, the final cut is sort of the definitive version, but what do you, what do you guys think about the other versions? If you Well, I mean, the final cut had a pace that feels better to me, ultimately, right, than the other two. I don't hate that voiceover though. I know everybody hates I, I that voiceover. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, everybody hates seen that the voiceover. I, 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 that's in the theatrical cut, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've not. See, seen, I've only the seen the directors that and came this out. One. And then, yeah. yeah, and then so. this is the one I followed up with. I would like to watch it. Here's the thing. This is why I don't hate it. Noir. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it's a classic it, yeah. noir device. Yes. Is the narrating the story from yes. the detective's point of view. It right. actually kind of works. I don't think it actually hurts the movie as much as people. Make it out to. Does he yeah. does he say like like it'd be like she walked into my office, she had more curves than the Grand Prix. You're it's like, not that far off. It's not that far off. Honestly, not that far off, because that's the other thing people hate about it is the voiceover sounds like they yeah, made like the movie. doing a bit. Well, no, it sounds like they made the movie they wanted to make. Everything was great. And then at the last second the studio was like, I don't think people are gonna understand this. Can you just like do some voiceover to over explain everything? And it literally sounds like Harrison Ford was like, I hate this idea and I don't want to do it. From what I understand, so now that is I'm the going case. to read the yeah. voiceover. And, but but I read a thing I, that say. functions very well as an noir thing. I think it that's does. how they sound in those. He he sounds he, he exactly that is exactly how you know a lot of those noir movies yeah. from the 50s, from the original, not the neo noirs as much, but the original yes. kind of um, you know 40s and 1950s noirs mm-hmm. worked and. I'll say this: the you know the studio was onto something because the first couple times I saw this movie, I didn't really I didn't get what was going on. Yeah, this is the kind of movie that no matter how many times you watch it, you're always going to pick on pick up about ten or twelve new things. Yeah. Right? It is a dense, packed to the brims kind of movie. It is you know there's so much happening in every single moment of this movie, and it, and it's hard to follow at times. And mm-hmm. I would say for me. It doesn't really. The three act structure is very. It's vague. It's vague. It, the the transitions are vague. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell. Like we were watching this movie, and I said, you know, at the end of it, I was like, 
I cannot believe that this movie is almost over. Like it, it doesn't even feel like the third act has started yeah. yet. Or when the third act feels like it's starting and still feels like the second act. It doesn't have it those really like clear demarcation scenes that are right. like, okay, now we're ending the introductions to all the characters so we can move into act two where right. we'll present the problem. They never rip out the cord we'll... at like the, the third act turn because right. there really isn't one. It's right. just... Right. And, and so as know. a result, it's kind of... I, And I'm not saying this in a bad way at all, but it is confusing it's a dense confusing mm. yeah. film i agree and it's hard i would to telegraph so right. it kind of sneaks up on you well, yeah part yeah. of what's confusing is we're watching ostensibly a bunch of robots that ultimately by the end of the movie in the finale do start behaving very strangely mm-hmm. and because the movie doesn't go out of its way to have anybody except for this actually except for the scene where he confronts his maker the movie never goes out of its way to like over explain what anyone's thinking or feeling you're supposed. You're meant to get most of that through the performances. So by the end, when fucking Daryl Hannah is wrapping her legs around his face and making crazy jungle sounds, like it, ju- like it doesn't make any sense until you've kind of like s- I feel like seen it a couple of times and gotten into the rhythms of like yeah. those characters, what they're thinking, how they're feeling, why they react right. to the things they react to in the world. And yet, if it's a movie that we're supposed, to, we're meant to really get it from the performances, right? Ed- but yet, this is a film where the performances are really. Um, except for Ray Batty, are very under. They're meant to be they're, strange. They're very strange. Yeah. They're very muted. They're yeah. very underperformed mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. right? Which is great. That's a real strength of the movie. But as a result, there's so much it's that tough. I didn't get the first couple times. I, I agree. And that's why, to bring yeah. it back to the voiceover, that's why I appreciated seeing the theatrical cut with the voiceover because in my mind, these these different cuts of the film are all kind of in conversation with each other, but all leading to the ultimate uh, end game which is that the final cut is the definitive version Mm -hmm. but it really does help to see the voiceover because personally i really there were a lot of dots that i connected when Mm -hmm. i saw it that i hadn't connected before yeah he i mean harrison ford literally just kind of like connects a few like well what's kind of cool about that is if we are talking about him being a replicant if we are asking the question of what makes something real and the answer would be self-reflection yeah a voiceover does fit that thematic quite literally what it would have to be right he's telling you what he's feeling and my phone can't tell me what it's feeling but if it ever could, you know, it might be alive. I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not too far off. But uh, that's one of the reasons I'm really glad that, like, I was able to revisit this because up until this point, I would have said, like, yeah, like, Blade Runner, like, yeah, it, it's it's an okay movie. It's a little boring, but I'm so glad that, like, we got, like, I, I prefer every other story told in that aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this actually, like, this feeling really made me appreciate the actual story of Blade Runner in a mm-hmm. way that I definitely hadn't previously. Yeah, I agree. It has had such a widespread influence on not even just science fiction, but like movies in general. Yeah. Just the yeah. design of this movie, I feel like, has influenced so much of of really our like pop cinema, basically. Um, you know, it I it does feel like the kind of thing where it's like, well, even if Blade Runner like is not that great, like it, it's just so influential that it, you know, I, I kind of like that it exists because of all the things that came after it. But now I'm getting to the point where I, I don't know I'm old enough or whatever I can watch it and actually like really appreciate what it is doing beyond all the aesthetic stuff you know yeah. and it's an early exhibit in the museum of rebranding a trope um, yeah where we you know where it's like let's take Romeo and Juliet and make it a musical about street gangs you know mm-hmm. and like but this was let's take a noir and put it into bleep bloop science fiction <laughs> yeah, and but. Leaning more into the, of course, the noir than the bleep bloop, but yeah. it, it was kind of an early version of that. I don't right. think that I don't think movies had been around long enough. Now, dime a dozen. That's what we do as we go, you know. But this this is very similar to. Uh, this is going to sound so crazy, but I think it, there's something here. 
it's similar to Brick, mm-hmm. where it just yeah, let's just rebrand the noir. Yeah, yeah. And now we we do the metatextual you know revisiting of things and, and rebranding. It, but this was an early version yeah, of that. It's really funny that you guys can't see it at home, but Dan is sitting in front of a Shaun of the Dead poster right uh-huh. now. Oh, <laughs> hey. um, so that's all I could think about as you were as you were talking about that. But no, I think that's I think that's definitely true and kind of taking those genres and mashing them together yeah. and like you know kind of grafting it onto other things mm-hmm. is, is is super interesting and it works really really well when you case. look at lists of like the best neo noirs of all time you know you blade runner usually comes out in the top and definitely at least in the top five if not number one and, and brick is usually in the conversation too oh yeah because yep. those are i mean and that i think is what you really have to kind of i don't know if you have to but it really 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 helps to get to see this as a noir film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is obviously, it, it's a noir film in a science fiction world, mm-hmm. right? And I think without understanding those tropes, you know, you're, you're going to be missing some things, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and maybe that's what made me feel like it was boring the first right. couple of times I watched it. But then that's the true. more I, like I saw... Big grand yeah, sci-fi, yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I saw these films like Chinatown, The, yeah. the, the Big Sleep, mm-hmm. um, you know, Kiss Me Deadly... And, you know, even like L.A. Confidential, mm-hmm. um, which I saw, you know, bef- long before I saw Blade Runner, you, know, you kind of understand what the, you know, what the structure is and what's going for. And you understand also that it's not really about the minutia of the story and about the procedure or the facts or what's really happening. It's about, you know, it's forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yes. It's about yeah. the world that it's in, you know, not about. But you've been fooled into thinking that the plot really matters. Right. It's sort of basically a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, maybe not on the scale of what's happening in this movie, but it does feel like this story's happening, you know, 20 feet away to a different set of people and replicants. Like, this is, in a way, like this, uh, there's a a line in the trailer of the new Blade Runner where uh, Gugu Gosling says to Harrison Ford, he was like, he says something like, you know, I have to ask some questions about your job. I heard you're real good at it. And he says, yeah, I was. Yeah. And it speaks to the idea like this was just one fucking mission for Decker. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, like this, this was, this was a particularly tough day in the world of, I don't remember his first name, Frank, Frank Deckard. Uh, do we ever Rick. learn his first name? I think it's Rick. Rick Deckard. Yeah, Rick, Rick Deckard. Of old Dick Deckard. Yeah. Dick Deckard. Uh, Dick, Dick Deckard. Private <laughs> eye. <laughs> Would you like a Coca-Cola? Well, Atari? So what do you guys think? I mean, what are you guys expecting from the new movie? What do you guys want from it? What are you guys expecting from it? I want to say about the new movie is... I, it, it's going to be awesome. Denis Villeneuve, or as we call him, Penis Villanova. Yeah, Penis Villanova. Yeah. He's, he's got the goods. So oh, yeah. I, I think, I don't know who wrote the script. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, didn't Hampton Fancher come back to write it? I have the no guy, idea. I think the guy who wrote um, the original is back, at least involved with it. I'm I'll in. look it up. Yeah. Because Dude, in a world where we alone, just I'm got in. the same team back to make Train Spotting 2, and it was almost as good as the first, I am a believer that. Yeah. That this could also be, but I think it's worth noting that even though people shit on Tron, yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine exists in a very post Tron film lens- landscape. Yeah, Tron, whatever you want to call it, I don't care wh- whether you think it's good or not. That movie is influential as fuck. Oh yeah, in so much that came after it, and I just see it all over Blade Runner. I th- I think yeah. that, I th- and and vice versa. Tron does not exist without Blade, without Runner, Blade Runner original. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's. Wild to see that. I mean, genres are always in a conversation with themselves, mm-hmm. and that's yes. one of the things that makes being a genre fan so rewarding. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like in a lot of ways, this is actually a really super appropriate time to 
uh, get a Blade Runner sequel because it feels like Ridley Scott is like throwing a flag like down the field and being mm-hmm. like, guys, we can fucking do that. Right. Like, yeah. Now you guys try to do it. And mm-hmm. like we're finally getting to a point where we can get like I assume this like this looks like an, it would have been an expensive movie back in like yes. 82. Yeah. And now like we can like studios can sort of take a chance on a Blade Runner sequel because you can have a movie that looks this good costing a quarter as much as it would have 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And like, it looks like it's going to be a huge movie. And oh, yeah. I can't imagine they spent any, anywhere near as much as they spent on like the new Spider-Man movie right. yeah. to make this. So like, yeah. you know, and seeing uh close encounters of the third kind being re-released a year after seeing Arrival, Yeah. Like it also like really kind of reminded me of that genre's being in conversation with itself because the, those movies almost have the same plot. <laughs> um, Denis Villeneuve's one of the talking heads before right. uh, Close Encounters exactly release. and yes. that's like part of I was like oh okay the arrival guy and then watching the movie I was like oh shit like this is it's an arrival story from a different po- a different mm-hmm. character's point of view mm-hmm. and has different themes in it but it's taking those bare bones it's just in the same genre it's the same tone of movie in terms mm-hmm. of like this is a science movie that has aliens in it yeah versus mm-hmm. like this is a science fiction like space opera type movie mm-hmm. so yeah. I think it's a really it's a really interesting time and given where technology is like you know the right. original Blade Runner is like super analog even though it's the future like mm-hmm. you know yeah. that little uh, testing machine I know has, like, I love a it pump that goes up yeah. and down Enhance. and like enhance yeah, yeah. Enhance. Enhance. Yeah. But that's the most digital thing in the movie oh yeah everything yeah. else is all like wires and like Even when the machine. cars take off, steam shoots out of them or some it, kind I of I mean, exhaust. you can see George Lucas's influence on this movie, I think, in yeah. those things very there much. There was the one when they do the test, there's actually like a bellows on it. That yep. like, poof, it's yeah, like yeah, Terry exactly. Gilliam yeah. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, they, you know, they, they don't have cell phones. Like they have TV right. phones mm-hmm. that are pay phones, mm-hmm. um, but they don't have screens in their pockets. Right. They're they called vid fun. Yeah. Vid fun. <laughs> vid fun. Um, you know, they don't have screens everywhere. Right. Really, I think that as aesthetic as, will I, continue too in the new one. It seems to have that sort of. I think they went I for consistency with thing. that world, oh, yeah. you know. There, I saw a tweet the other day, and I so I can't speak to the veracity of it, but it showed one of the scenes where there was like a, a projection of a woman in steam. Oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the size of a building, and apparently, according to this tweet, so dubious. Yeah, but I find it believable. Yeah, that apparently that's practical. Yeah, it is I, a projection on I, some steam. I saw that tweet and did not read the article because I was too busy jerking off. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, like, I was oh like, oh my God, it's so great. We yeah, might have yeah. been jerking off at the same time. Well, you know, so, we can only <laughs> dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think uh, that's one thing that appears to be in the new one that is probably my favorite thing about Blade Runner is that the world, despite being pretty small, is always in action. Yeah. Uh, when they're inside, there are always things passing by to create shadows or light flickers yep. on the outside. There's always um, noises from the outside. Everything's kind of moving. I used to live next to a train station. One of my favorite things about it was when the train went by, it wasn't disruptive so much as it was just comforting. Yeah. That something was going on. Yeah. And this sort of has that feeling, and it's a little less comforting because things are kind of dreary and dank. But the new movie seems to have, have held on to that, where it's just things in motion. You know, yeah. that's what's so interesting about the like design of this in comparison to actual like 2017, um, because like that movie is very much like the Times Square screens everywhere, yeah. like, everything's mm-hmm. outside yes. on buildings, yep. neon, neon. But inside Deckard's apartment, it's dark, dark, and like there's no like we have a million screens. Like my wife yeah. and I, like we probably there's two of us that live in our apartment. We probably have like. 
eight or nine devices that we can watch Netflix on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's just, it's such a different world that we live in compared to yeah. what was imagined. Like, yeah. we don't have flying cars. As right, you know, right. You know? They're a have, terrible idea. Oh, totally. Flying cars yeah. are a terrible idea. <laughs> like, we don't have hoverboards. Mm. Like, yeah. nothing. And yeah. obviously, got, like you were saying, the doors are just super inconvenient, right? The doors that lift up. Oh, those cars, know, right. yeah. the they're so low of. to the ground. Who wants a car that gets twice as wide just to open the door? Oh, There's yeah. also it's impossible. Only if you're in the Three Commas Club. I'm pretty sure there's a scene where we're shown uh, Edward James Olmos's character. That's his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, his character getting into a car to drive Deckard somewhere and having to like put specific headgear on and like like yeah. it doesn't just require getting in and out of the car. And do ridiculous Yeah, you got to put a whole suit on and stuff. Like it's crazy. The interesting thing is that, you know, obviously like every projection of the future, you know, it, it gets a lot of things you know, right, but it also gets a lot of things wrong, right? So it's kind of fascinating how it will. Well, one thing I'm really excited about with this movie is that you know, back in the early '80s, uh, obviously this movie predicts a world that's basically going to be consumed. You know, in the early '80s, there there's the projection of a really growing Asian population. Mm-hmm. So this movie is a very you know uh, Eastern world, let's mm-hmm. say, right? But I know that in the new film, I'm curious to see where they take this, but. Uh, Ryan, know that uh, the woman who seems to be playing Ryan Gosling's love interest, Ana de Armas, she's a Chilean actress. Mm-hmm. So obviously we are in, you know, Latinos are the biggest minority in the United States. I wonder mm-hmm. if this movie is going to kind of do something similar with Latino mm-hmm. population. And and I would say, like, just obviously we're just looking at the previews, but this world seems a lot less crowded than, yes. than mm-hmm. the world There's of a Blade Runner. Sequence. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole freaking movie is basically orange and brown and even when they're inside the empties seem mostly building or the empties seem <laughs> the buildings seem mostly empty uh-huh. and they're in these big skyscrapers you don't really see things flying around maybe that it speaks seems to a like further entropy right People exactly died out. and 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 also when you think about it the depictions of you know urban life right like in this film we see urban life as really crowded yep. really nasty yep. really gross crime ridden Mm -hmm. but what's the reality of urban life these days in the united states is it's you know we gentrification right like Mm -hmm. you know city centers are popping full of life people have moved to the cities what are the areas that are kind of that have grown a lot but are kind of like sort of becoming the new like dregs of the united states are kind of the exurbs right Mm -hmm. this sprawling world right and that's kind of that almost seems to be the world that the new film takes place in, in a mm. way, but obviously I haven't seen it, so I have no idea, but yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm curious if it's going to kind of try to get into, you know, like they sort of predicted the future of the American city a little bit wrong. I'm curious if, um, if they're going to kind of take a try more to modern approach that to that. For they, they predicted it wrong, but it, it does feel like a believe, at least probably in, in the eighties, it felt like a believable right. organic development. Well, yeah, because well, yeah. I grew up in the suburbs, like yeah. same you yep. guys did. Yep. I mean, yeah, well, I would never was gonna. You know, my parents were never gonna. Yeah, like my depiction of the city uh, when I was very young was very consistent. I think with what you know America's depiction of the city was in Blade Runner. Right? Yes, yeah. Yep. You know? Well, I mean, my visual visualization of the city is still my favorite movie setting, and it's pre Giuliani New York. Yeah, yeah. That is because <laughs> yep. that is a New York yeah. that is a very very like you can even see it in the fucking Ninja Turtles poster. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, that is yeah. a that is well, a city that exists, and yeah. it's funny because that city doesn't exist, but 
That's what my head pictures of a city, I mean, and Blade Runner does jibe with that, but in a futuristic yeah, way. By a similar token, I mean it's uh, adventures in babysitting, uh-huh. like, yep. and my in my head, what a city is is the Tim Burton Gotham City. Yes, yes, yes like absolutely. Cr- yes. Literally crawling with crime. Predator yeah. Two, yeah. where like if you go into the city, it's just a bunch of like punks Aliens. with long hair who are <laughs> looking to just like kick your ass. You know? My parents or, still feel that way. They feel like every day I step off of the of the subway, like when I come in from Jersey, hey, they believe punk? that I. Open up the Patco, and I just like dodging bullets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the only reason I'm alive is pure luck. People <laughs> walking around with boomboxes on they, their shoulders, right. yes, or, exactly. or exactly. similar to Joel Schumacher's Gotham City yes. and right. Batman yeah. Forever with yeah. Dayglow Street Gang. Exactly. Oh, oh, my parents God. imagine that every Philadelphian has a nose so piercing that connects via chain to their ear piercing. Yeah, and it's they, a great multiracial, multi-ethnic yes. like, gang. That's what scares that them the yeah. most. That's the healthiest part. Their depiction of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Diversity. They don't see that as a good thing, but yeah. that's, you know, <laughs> that's right. another issue. I, I, yeah. I like the uh, the Blade Runner diversity. I like it being able to get noodles all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I we started watching that, and I was like, what do I want to order for dinner? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I ordered ramen and pork buns, we got, and they were delicious. We got no more than two minutes into Blade Runner, and Andy was like, I'm in the mood for Chinese food. <laughs> One yeah. of the most racist movie-going moments of my life was I sat down and about three seconds into Machete, I was like, <laughs> I'm getting Taco Bell after this. And then the whole movie, I was sitting there like, ah, because I liked it, but I was like, this has got to end because well, I'm fucking starving. <laughs> I'm like, and then I went to Taco Bell. And, and Machete <laughs> is the cinematic equivalent of Taco Bell. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Really <laughs> is. But, but the thing is, my reasons for getting it weren't that. They were, they were much more... They were much more harmful. What, so, what, what so, am I? <laughs> well, I'm acknowledging it now, but <laughs> so delicious going down, so painful going in, out. In I acknowledge it, but I also ask you to to accept the fact that if I ever put on machete again, the same thing will oh, happen. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's well, definitely going the, to happen. One of, I think a sign of maturity on my <laughs> part was uh, last winter. I was on my way to see the founder, and I was like, "I'm going to get McDonald's now." Oh <laughs> yeah, because I know that movie. Yeah. I don't care what like they could show yeah. anything, and I will yeah. be like. Like, I'm going to walk out of that movie and be like, I want a Big Mac and uh-huh. I want a lot of fucking fries oh, yeah. right yes, now. Of course. So uh, I, we stopped on the way and it was delicious. And uh-huh. it made that movie so much better. Did you I stop went, on the way back? Uh, I, no, but I wanted to. <laughs> you get a milkshake on the way back. I watched a documentary on Netflix that was about the history of General Tso's chicken. It's really good. I've heard of it in search of General and it was, uh, Yes. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And it was General one of those where I started it and I was like, nope, turn it off, <laughs> order General Tso's, yeah. and then continue the movie once the food arrived because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. That's yeah. why with uh, it was awesome. you know with Octo, I'm looking forward to tasting that super pig. Oh, you gotta have some super pig, <laughs> super bacon, super pig jerky. Oh, Come on, actually, bacon. that movie kind of had the opposite experience on me. But yeah, well, oh, no, I, I don't know. It works, so oh, I'm kind totally. of in the. It works. Yeah, <laughs> I think Bong Joon Ho uh, got what he was aiming for. With yeah. That one. Oh yeah. yeah. Guys, I had a hamburger last night. I'm still reeling to eat meat. Oh, so am I. But yeah. I thought I hesitated oh, yeah. the first. Oh, me too. After I haven't had meat in a couple years now. The main thing that I miss is just being able to go to like a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. And burger. It's all. I mean, I miss all of it in some degree. I still don't want it, but I miss McDonald's. I miss cold cuts. Those are the things that that make me think. Well, like, you're a real South gonna... Jersey boy. There, I am. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's one thing. Like I, I'm really not interested in eating meat, but if I'm ever in New Orleans again and I get the muffaletta at the whatever the, the store was where it's like the big muff I will get that. What the fuck is a muffaletta? It's just like a lunch meat sandwich, but it's it's the yeah. best one I've ever had. It's it's the best thing I have ever eaten in my <laughs> life. It's basically like an Italian sandwich on a seeded roll 
but like well, this is on a big like. Are there like it pickles almost seems in like it? a panini? It's like somehow a kind of French. Kind of. Well, it's, 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 has sort, it's somehow olive spread. French, it's yeah. got every type of cured meat in it. All the cheeses. The olive spread is oh maron. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just greasy and oily, and the bread is so good. Yeah. And as much as I am not interested in consuming meat, that is the first thing I will do <laughs> yeah. when I go to New Orleans. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I, I recently had a horrible scarring experience where I ordered Postmates I ordered, I ordered a muffaletta sandwich and when it came I got nothing against not eating meat of course but it came it was a fucking vegan muffaletta what yes I did not order a fucking vegan muffaletta I'm not one of those people that goes like no, this should be made a certain way make it how you like it I, there is no yeah. such thing as a vegan muffaletta <laughs> I bit into it I was like this nope. is fucking tempeh this is fucking tempeh <laughs> I was so angry. I've never. I. I was so fucking angry. Wait, I love the, the idea, whole idea of, that, oh, of, so the, of incredulously yeah. saying this is fucking tempe. I mean, amazing. I, yeah. I mean, my girlfriend Anne. You know, she saw it. She saw me. It was. I was like, I'm so pissed off right now. I would have. Been I waited too. 40 minutes for a muffaletta, and he gave me a fucking vegan muffaletta. This Not is happening. bullshit. Like I said, I normally I'd be like, yeah, try it, see if it's good. But if the one meat I'll ever eat again is muffaletta, don't. F- <laughs> nope, don't make it vegan. Nah, cub wood. Just do something else, man. Just do cub something else. Wood. Yeah. Anyway, my Jimmy. Why is it called muffaletta? I don't know. Those New Orleans people Muffaletta. are fucking crazy. I'm like going down there soon. No idea. So I'm are you really? Yeah, oh, you're you gonna have so much fun. Get a Make sure you text are you me go the muffaletta word muffaletta so I can. Oh, it's kind of hard to, to forget. To be you honest, you should talk to you. Emily because she's from down there and she will point you to all of the things. I just want to point out that Ryan's been over here for like the last five minutes cooking a a muffaletta diving joke. <laughs> yes. That he just waited for the perfect. It was opportunity all on our mind. I totally missed. It wasn't on my mind because I was so interested in eating those slaps of meat for the last five minutes. That's why he's been quiet for the last yeah. five minutes. He's been cooking this muffaletta diving I picked joke. it up, too. And yeah. he picked it up. I, was, I just throw a muffaletta joke at you. Oh, yeah. damn. I missed it. Uh, it's all good. You just said Big Muff, by the way. Oh, Super nice. Big Muff. <laughs> I don't know how you as a comedian Most days I do. pick uh, it up on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking about making a muffaletta diving joke, as well as the uh, that I recently accidentally bought gluten-free fig bars. They're like the Fig Newtons. Uh, but I didn't realize they made two versions. Yeah. And I just grabbed yeah. the ones that were on sale. How are they? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the normal <laughs> yeah. ones are really good. Yeah. It's because it's just the outer, like the filling is just like fruit. I got the blueberry ones. And you mean like the fig the, and blueberry? The Newtons? They're not Newtons. They're like right. called fig bars. Okay. And they come gotcha. in a twin pack, which keeps me from hey, eating like 17. I of really them. want fig Newtons now. <laughs> as long as we're on this tangent, <laughs> I bought some hummus the other day. And I don't care about this, but it advertises that it's non GMO. Uh-huh. But then I noticed that there's a big star after it says non GMO. <laughs> so then I looked on the ingredients, and next to the star it says, not made with genetically, what does that stand for? Modifying. Uh, genetically modified. Genetically modified organisms. Or, organisms. However, may contain trace elements of genetically modified or. Yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> well, the, if it doesn't means, contain it. How could it also have it? <laughs> because it's, because it's, it's so processed yeah. and so barely food. Uh-huh. That it's probably been in a machine uh-huh. with yeah. just tons yeah. of because ge- they're sharing equipment with it. Uh, it, it that's why they yeah. have those things where it's like so. I shouldn't be buying the hummus. Trace I elements of milk. I mean, 
anymore, hummus is not a specialty item. Yeah. So it has become part of the glut of just processed goops uh, that yeah. we love. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, really I love a good goop. goop. I when it too. comes to, to goops, yeah. Newtons can't be beat. They are sure. great goops. But I bought it because I thought Pop it was supposed to be like healthier goops. goop than the other goop that oh, I bought. Oh, it is a healthier it goop. Is. It, is. it is a healthier it's still goop. A, it's still But it's still a goop. Yeah, it's They're okay. just trying to avoid but, a lawsuit. Right, but you yes, know. Exactly. Oh, I don't care about you. That's what I mean. I don't care. But I also, I like, what I do care about is you can't say... It's not made with this, but it also has it in it. We didn't make yeah. it with it, but it definitely it's in there. I once but bought, we didn't make it. With I it. once bought bought a pack of peanuts that had a may contain peanut sticker on it, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an article the other day. It was probably like a BuzzFeed or just some other like one of those, and it was like celebrities wanted to show you what they look like when they're not in front of the camera. So we took pictures. Right, like, I that's, saw that. It, that They're makes, literally in front of the camera. That makes pic- none of, of the sense. There's, there's nothing about that that makes any sense. Yeah. And nobody, like, people saw it. They were like, ooh, deep. No! Yeah. <laughs> it's not fucking no, deep. No, the way that that would work. be deep, if it was literally pictures of celebrities standing behind cameras. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, they're, like, looking in the lens. I'd be like, oh, that's Even cool that wouldn't work because they're still in front of a camera. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if anyone read the article. It's actually more bullshit than just the shittiness of the thing. (laughs) Basically, they said, okay, on this side of the table, you are going to be your public self. And on this side of the table, you're going to be your your private self. It doesn't matter which side you pick. We won't ask. But on one side, do one. On the other side, and we're going to take five pictures of each. And that'll be it. That is a complete failure yeah. of the scientific method, if that's what you're that's going for. That's all performance, if, the, if you're setting right. those Completely parameters up. Sounds yeah. like a And every single one of them was on something. one side, them being like, smiles. Yeah. The other side, them being like, I'm going to write them yeah. in my diary. I'm like, this is but so doctor, stupid. I am Pugalisi. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was uh. so... Uh. I feel like that picture Ooh. of Keanu sat on a bench eating a hot dog or whatever he's doing is the one legitimate version <laughs> of a of a, a celebrity existing in public life, and the only we got a true picture of it, and there's no performance ever made. Yeah, it's Keanu yeah, exactly. Reeves on a bench. Sad Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything else is fake because exactly. they know that that is the one. Yep. That and the satellite pictures on planet Earth yeah. are the only oh. true documentaries yep. ever made. Exactly. And the picture of John Hamm walking commando. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I would watch an entire episode of Planet Earth that's just about Keanu Reeves and how he lives his life, you know, through like satellite images and stuff. Of course. Wild Keanu is yeah. is, is struggling to perfect his accent for yeah. his next role. Will he get it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Has he ever done an accent in a movie? Oh, yeah. He did. Uh, did you ever see a, a Coppola's Dracula? Yeah, he's oh, like Hamlet, his, right? That's a great movie, but his accent is shit awesome. <laughs> it's a, he, he can't do period pictures that's really what, yeah, what yeah, his yeah. weakness is he can now because they could make him for the 1980s oh that's true i feel like he was english in some other movies too oh he definitely was because for a while there they tried they're like he looks good in a in a high collar make him <laughs> british royalty and he was like whoa and it just did, <laughs> it, it didn't work <laughs> so it's a new world whoa yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know gothic architecture. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch Point Break again. I was going to say, that literally made me want to watch a Keanu movie. That was the Uh, only thing I could think. 
I've been thinking about uh, Bill and Ted for the last couple of days for some I, reason. You know, I've never seen the sequel to that, actually. It's, oh, it's so the good. The sequel, it's so dare good. I say, yeah. better than the original. It's the only comedy that I think the sequel's better than the original. Wow. And I actually and grew up. It could up. be argued yeah. the other way. but <laughs> that, was, that was an organic. But, <laughs> no, but think about uh, it. Is there any movie that is a, like, Gremlins doesn't count because the first one's not a comedy. Like, a right, comedy right, 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 movie right. sequel. Right. Which sequels are better? And the only ones that you can come up with, and I've never seen any of the Pink Panthers, but apparently Shot in the right. Dark is yeah. like the... Shot in the Dark is incredible. Is incredible. I, I've, I've actually never seen any of those. I should. That was, that's the only one I've seen. But the only other one is Bill and Ted. I've seen parts of them. Bill and Ted's but. Bogus Journey. While I would agree with you if you said it wasn't better, I would also agree with you if you said it was. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, here, I think here's better. the key. That's the one that I grew up watching for whatever reason. Yes. You know, and I don't know why. Maybe it was on TV more. I, I will just had tell more you this. access to it, but... The you know the fates rolled the dice. That was the one that I watched a lot more. So that's to me that's Bill and Ted. Mm. I recently rewatched the first one like a couple years ago. I was like, man, this this movie basically kind of sucks. It's a smaller movie. It, it, it's you like, bite your tongue about it sucking. I mean, yeah, it's it doesn't suck. But I was like, this movie is not nearly a, as fun as I remember it. I think you need to be a little bit more excellent towards it. Bogus yeah. Journey, though. <laughs> I bet. I mean, that's that's my memory there at least. Yeah. So. I mean, well, I, part of the reason I love Bill and Ted so much is because I love time travel movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best, both in terms of just like using the concept well and also executing yeah. like the logical paradoxes mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. way that actually like. Oh, when they hide really well. uh, the phone, they had the key. Oh, no, yeah. when, when they're like, oh, we got to remember after yeah. this, we're going to go forward and we're going to put the keys here. And then that boom. And then the yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I actually liked Excellent. that first movie a lot, a lot, and I saw it for the first time just a couple of years ago, and I thought it was really fun. I do definitely have memories of the second one. I like I've never seen it, but I've definitely seen it. I do you know what I mean? Like zero, when I was a kid, yeah. that I one saw... was like the one that TNT yeah. or TBS had. It's kind I of know, a little so it was bit just Sunday at two yeah. million dollar movie. Yeah, so like, I, I, I connected with a movie like Last Action Hero. Honestly, like I feel okay. like Bogus Journey is kind of. Came out a couple years later. I had the tape that vibe. I bootlegged off of a rental. Yes. Yeah. But you know what? One canon movie I've never seen that I've always wanted to is River's Edge. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that. I've never yeah. seen River's Edge. I've, I hear it's fucking incredible. All, all I hear is like, it's got Dennis Hopper. It's got, uh, what's his name? Is River Phoenix in that one? Uh, I don't think River Phoenix is in it, but Keanu's in it. And oh, what's did you know? just make that connection? Uh, Marty McFly, no, because they were River? in a but they were like Crispin Glover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but they ran Crispin in Glover's circles in together. It. Yeah, that's who it is. And Crispin apparently Glover. Slayer is involved. I yeah. mean, that sounds incredible to me. So. Yeah, it's got Ioni Sky in it. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And no, no one else. Constant Constance Forsland. Oh, that's a good name. Oh, it has Jim Metzler in it, and he's one of my favorite things that you find on IMDb. Those whose main picture is their headshot with their <laughs> name on it in the frame. Uh, yeah, I've never seen River's Edge, but Me neither. hearing Crispin Glover talk about it while on Marin's podcast is pretty magical. Man, I probably listened to that. Isn't it amazing that our 100th episode has turned into just a like a Keanu? This is kind of what I expected, and it's I fine. this is what I wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. A little more of a celebration of what we like to do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Which is get on a little tangent and talk about some of the food we bought at the grocery store this week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I've I am on a big kick right now. I love every. I mean, Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah. is just one of those things that yeah. I love. Have you had Kraft mac and cheese deluxe? 
The cheese is not a powder. <laughs> it is a liquid cheese in oh, a pouch. That makes a difference. And the, oh, it's so good. You saute uh, some veggies. You mix them up in there. You throw some hot sauce in. It's and right now I'm sitting on a box of like white cheddar herb, mm. which is one that I I never knew existed. <laughs> herb. And so I bought like ten of them because they're they're cheap as shit. And the problem is is that there's like four servings in a box, which means that there is one fucking serving in that box. Yeah. And every time <laughs> I eat it, I feel like absolute. Shit. Yeah. There's no and such thing it as a is box my of mac favorite and thing that to you do. can't eat in one sitting. Yeah. Oh, there's no. Well, because you keep talking about this deluxe, and then it's every so time good. I'm at the supermarket with Jill, she's like, you can't buy that. You gotta you buy you, it. You can't eat it. No, I just have to wait until I go food shopping by myself. And I'm <laughs> yes. Just, buying it. Yeah. just get one. Just try it. Once it's in the house, I can totally eat it. Because yeah, then it's exactly. like, advice, well, we though, have it. I don't right. want to throw it away. Wait yeah, until right. Jill, well, it never goes bad. It's right. not real food. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it is the replicant of, of <laughs> edible food products. It is not real, and it it's, often talks. It's my, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> I bet my it problem talks. is, is it makes. See, it makes me sick, but I don't care. Yeah. It makes Jenna sick, so she doesn't eat it, which sucks because that means it's all for me. Yeah. Yep. What if you, you learned that, yeah, I mean, guys, that's the point of mac and cheese. It makes you sick. Yes. No way it's going to stop so you from eating it. I, mean, I, I ate a box of this for every episode of The Night Of, <laughs> and it was like my ritual. It was oh so good. God. I was like, man, the justice system is fucked. <laughs> the justice system is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> this Frieza Medicaid is great, but not as great as my pause pouch it. of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thank God this is on demand. I got to pause it to go sh- <laughs> shit blood. That's I have to throw shade on this because the whole the reason so good. craft is superior to Velvet Vita is because Kraft has the powdered cheese oh. versus the gross. I'm not against pouch the. Cheese. I'm not against the powdered cheese. Pouch and cheese. And as far as I'm gross. concerned, Velveeta can kick rocks and suck oh, cocks. So because gross. Their pouch game is weak. I'm calling you out, Velveeta. You're more like smells and cheese because we got rotinis. <laughs> we've got all You're, the noodles. I, I've so wrong I've graduated from those pouch cheese. Pouch cheese is gross. I'm I'm full. I'm an this? Annie's Sometimes, guy now. What is it? I'm an Annie's guy now. Oh, they have cheddar bunnies, right? Yeah. There's cheddar yeah. bunnies. Yeah, well, usually, and they have the tiny shells. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. They're pretty cheap. You can get, like, you can sometimes get, like, five for five. Yeah. They rock the white the, cheddar. The, and, uh, an, yeah. the, the Annie's is an allowable purchase. In our oh, fair enough. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. We, and, and we do you, mac and cheese. I just can't, I'm just not allowed to do the del- craft the deluxe. deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can almost trick yourself into thinking that Annie's is somehow healthier, even yeah. though right. it's yeah. obviously not, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's true. That's you what know. they market themselves. Yeah, because it says like, organic, so you're like, yeah, oh, this is better for me. <laughs> and, uh, or, no GMOs, except those some few. organic shit is coming yeah. on soon. But, and the... Yeah, yeah, oh, these, these painful bloody shits are so green. Yeah. <laughs> but but their, uh, their, their branding is adorable. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's true. It makes me happy. We yeah. have cheddar bunnies in the household oh, yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's yeah. a staple. Yeah. You gotta have mac it. Mac and cheese. Like, box mac and cheese is my dinky D. You're what? Dinky D. I just leave it. No idea what you're talking about. I I almost enjoy it in my imagination. By the way, I'm cutting the podcast right there. That's where it ends. (laughs) (laughs) When you say Dinky D, it just ends. It's the uh, it's the dog food from uh, Road Warrior. Fades to black. (laughs) Oh, Oh, we should should be up on that. We should totally know that. You guys just talked about that. I know. We just talked about it with the Road Warrior fucking scholar. Right. That that was a really big episode. Tank was obsessed with that dog food. By the yeah. way, oh yeah, I, yeah, that's probably why it's on my mind because I just couldn't stop talking about it. That was a great episode. Matt Bell Gibson, he's yeah, made dude. a career of eating dog food. <laughs> yeah. That's how he quit smoking. That's how Riggs quit smoking. Yeah, that's how I think he that's ate dog he, biscuits. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think that's how he quit acting too. Is he like ate 
Oh, you know, uh, like uh, metaphorical someone dog Someone hasn't food. seen the trailer for Daddy's Home <laughs> yeah. 2. Uh, Thunderstruck? Is that acting? Most of his performance in that movie is a musical cue. We all know that he is a gentle, kind <laughs> teddy wait, bear. So why is John Cena in that man. movie all of a sudden? Because wait, it's, it's a comedy. He's great. And how is he? And whose dad is he? I don't get it. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> I want to know what's happening. I woke up. I didn't know he was in that movie until now. I just saw this. Well, I saw trailer number two. You guys are way behind. I I woke I'm up this trailer morning because and I thought about that trailer. I literally <laughs> I think about that trailer so often. The music drop, yeah, where it goes from ACDC. They're like, "Oh, my dad's here," and fucking like you know, uh, 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 Mel Gibson comes down the escalator, yeah. and it's like ACDC. Like, Daddy, Daddy, he's he's a little Why too are we old to, to invoke that? ACDC. Yeah, he's Australian. Like it, it works. Yeah, it, it definitely. Why works. is he supposed to be like really hot? Like I feel like that's the idea in that trailer is like are you he's trying to really say that Mel Gibson is not hot? I, I mean, mean like, he's hot, he but was, he I definitely was a sex symbol in his time. It makes his sense edges to me. I buy have it. turned into yeah. yeah it's yeah, he, yeah. he's he probably a, hotter now, honestly, than he than he was back in like the nineties. Island material. Uh yeah, maybe he's maybe allowed on my material. island, but those the coconuts that are filled with vodka, no, he doesn't he's wanna, not allowed to have them. He doesn't want to be on my island because yeah. I'm Jewish. I was gonna oh, say he's <laughs> allowed on my island, yeah. but to punish him, he has to go in a cage somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly. his. You know, he's totally cool on my island. Yeah. I've forgiven yeah. him, but he he is definitely not allowed near the tiki torches in the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck he's yeah. not allowed near yeah. them. It's not happening. I, I mean, I feel uh, Mel Gibson, man. I mean, he I'll always have like a soft spot for him. Like, I don't mind. I mean, you know, obviously he's a racist prick, but <laughs> I, it's kind of fascinating that he is back now, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess I mean, Hacksaw people Ridge have come back did from it. worse. People quicker. have. It's true. You know, and it so took him a long time, though. It took him a long time. You know, I mean, Sorry, guys. That was <laughs> I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to see, you know, what happens. Yeah, obviously. exactly. I mean, he'll never it'll never be the same, though, of course. He'll you know? he'll never be rigged. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's too old for that shit. He's t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. What's funny about the Daddy's Home trailer is Dude, that well, first off, that when, music drop is amazing. well. When you it's pointed that out drop. to me when it came on at the yeah. theater, you're like, wait to hear this music drop, and all I could think is like, he's really talking this up. Is it really going to be that good? And it's even better. Like it's it is so amazing. good, amazing. But I love it's that they have trailer. branded Daddies yes, the same way that Airbud and its many yeah. spinoffs have have branded the buddies, <laughs> have branded buddies yeah. as golden retrievers, and now Daddies are. Yeah. Inept but lovable yeah, fathers. Yeah. And so if we ever get daddy buddies, Dude. it's gonna be awesome. Daddy buds. Daddy buddies and buddy daddies. Dude. And then they go to space. The, <laughs> and they all make muddy buddy. <laughs> and they make doggy D. What's it called? Doggy uh, D? Dinky D. Dicky D. Dinky I don't know. Daddy's I've never Dinky seen Dinky the first Daddy's Home movie, but the the, the sequel Sounds sets like it up where they're like, oh, well, we've been co-parenting. Movie. Yeah. Like, how did that end to lead to this? Uh, but like, And furthermore, he's not in any of the trailers, <laughs> but I think he is. He has well, to be in that, right? And that, like, like, not only is that musical cue really good, but the, um, the sequence where... Um, and it's love will keep us together is the music. It's so good. And it's just John Lithgow. Like, he's like staring off into space like he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> it's it's fucking so Trinity good. killer being yeah. a softy. So good. Uh, but when uh, Marky Mark and Will Ferrell are face are like the mirror like, thing, right? And he's like, the only, the yeah. only guy who can make you have a bad Christmas is, is the guy in that mirror, bro. Yeah. And he like looks up. He's like, all I see is you, dude. All I see is you. <laughs> Such a good gag. Still, oh. you, Doug. I, I yeah. just I just realized I did a Marky Mark impression for that was a good one. for Will Ferrell's character. <laughs> yes, you did. But it, it's still good. Yeah. 
You want to like, co-parent our kids together? You raise them. I raise them. We're a big family. Lots of daddies. <laughs> I want to pick up cookies after school after I drop the kids off. Have you guys ever seen that video of of uh, Walmart Berg? Walmart Berg. <laughs> of Walmart Berg and Will Ferrell in I don't know. They're on like a bus oh. for like a radio interview, and the idea is try and make each other laugh. Yeah, like insult each other and try and make each other laugh. My favorite thing about that clip is they both have, like, in-ear pieces in yeah. through the whole thing. And, like, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, like, no one's talking into Will Ferrell's. No, not at all. Someone is talking into Mark Wahlberg's earpiece. Yeah. Someone Wahlberg is feeding is those lungs. through yeah. and through. Yeah. Will Ferrell hits him with some sort of thing where he, I forget what it is. He's like, if I had the choice between eating, like, a piece of shit or a Wahlburger. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as he even invokes Wahlburger, <laughs> yeah. Mark Wahlberg is, is out. It's for the, done. Like, yeah. down yeah. for the count. Done. <laughs> He just knows that he's kind of like a fucking joke, oh, basically. Yeah. And he but when it comes Wahlberg to a comedic like duo, they're, they're incredible. Really, they're, oh, they're really good. Yeah. Oh, they're the working other guys. On, they're working fantastic. on rock Kevin Hart well, levels of yeah. interaction. That uh, that that exchange about the tuna and the other guys that uh, kills me yeah. so every yeah. time. That so movie, good. That movie is also really deep. It's actually one of the best movies about the financial crisis. Oh, it's a it it's is. a prequel to The Big Short. Right. Yeah. Fucking is clearly on his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He literally explains. What happened and how it happened yeah. in the closing credits of that movie? Yeah. yeah, basically at the end of the movie, he's like, "Hey guys, I'm really pissed about the 2008 crash, and it's probably what my movies are going to be about from now on. So yeah. Just get used to that." His next movie is like the Dick Cheney biopic, right? Oh, yeah, oh, I think no. so. oh with Christian be Bale. So funny. Yeah. Oh my god, I think god. so. Playing Dick Cheney. Wait, yeah. Is that the one where Sam Rockwell's playing Bush? Yep. yep. Okay, that's a great. That's casting a choice. really yeah. That's insane. That's a great, yeah. Have you guys seen the new Wet Hot American Summer season? I have I'm not. not yet. I haven't I'm yet. Not. Michael Ian Black plays uh, uh, George Bush Sr. in it. Oh, God. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the first season. I did. Yes. Uh, yes. Where Showalter plays Nixon. Yes. Right? Reagan. He does that, like, really funny. Like, I, thought Nick- I thought it was Reagan. Yeah, he plays Reagan. Reagan. Sorry, yeah, yeah. he does that, like, really funny Reagan impression. Also played by Bruce Campbell in season two of Fargo. True. It's great. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Yes. So funny, though, when they just cut to Michael Ian Black doing George Bush Sr. He is, I don't know what it is. Because just like the Reagan impression... It's barely an impression of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's only like kind of an impression of him. It's so funny. And the whole thing is about we've got a tape from Mr. Bojangles. He's like, oh, Mr. Bojangles, we'll put it in, put it in. We got to watch it, put it in. And then Bojangles is just fucking Reagan. He's oh, like course. working with him. He's, and the, by the way, the is tape. Is good? Is it a good season? It's funny. I, yeah, it's really I funny. I loved that prequel season. Yeah. That so did I. Phenomenal. I'm yeah. looking forward to digging I like the sequel season quite a bit. It's, it's pretty I good. I will watch it. I, I, was, like I was balls deep in Death Note at that time. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't do any other shows. Yeah. I'm trying to blow through some Defenders before I jump into that. I uh, Yeah, I'd have to blow through a whole series of uh, Marvel Netflix shows. I gotta blow Luke Cage. I gotta blow Iron Fist yeah. before I can blow the Defenders. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm too far behind at yeah. this point. I'm kind of just, just I don't out. care. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, every time I think I'm over it, I then think about John Bernthal as Punisher in season two oh, of Daredevil, and I, I go, yeah. oh god, I have to catch. So up. here's the thing: I can't. I, I can't definitely do gonna watch Punisher without watching the rest. I I I know that you I was can, in the same boat, but, as you, I, but I I'm gonna have to though because I don't have that fuck I don't have that time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't have like I don't know. Unfortunately, I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and I and the thing is like I'm too far behind. I want to see Luke else. Cage. I really don't want to watch Iron Fist yeah. or the Defenders. Yeah, so you don't have to, me right? So I will say you could watch the first half of Luke Cage, and then I think it's like the fin- and the finale. Mm. Skip all of Iron Fist. 
and then just jump in the defenders, and you'd be fine. I don't think I'll ever. Assuming do Iron you've Fist. seen Jessica Jones, which I've seen I, Jessica Jones, still my I really enjoyed the series that they've yeah. done so far. I liked three quarters. I think the first three quarters of season two of Daredevil is the best thing Marvel's ever done, at least in the MCU era. Yeah, I'm gonna but, just. I'm. I'm. If I if I do this, I'll probably just jump right into the Punisher because I fucking do want to see John Bernthal. He's great. He's he's incredible. He's one of the best actors. Did you see Wind River? Not yet. He's in one scene, yep. and he and as soon as he shows yeah, up, yeah. you're like, this movie just went from a nine to a yeah. thirty. This is yeah. like he's. That I movie really want to see. It. I that love that he's movie. just the king yeah. of one scene cameos this year too. He's been in like four movies where he just like has a one scene cameo. I don't know this year. if he's capable. He, his look doesn't carry a movie no. for me yet. Yeah, I know. He's got the talent, but yeah. like I just his brand, and I think he's awesome. But his brand doesn't. He works very well in yes. what he does, and like the most meaty thing that he's done is Punisher, and it was it, it, like it is. He nails it. Mm-hmm. There, it is written well. He can do the emotion and make you believe that he can just punch a hole I mean, in someone's chest. Yeah. But carrying a movie, like, yeah. he's almost too much. He's like a Scott Atkins, but a much better actor, where it's just like, you are too much of an action figure for yeah. me to buy. <laughs> yeah. yet. He's such a physical But one performer. day he'll get there. Yes. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily know that he has, like, he'll age into something great. Well, I've seen him, like, be compared to, like, young Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is a pretty apt comparison, but. I'm going De Niro, Pattinson on that right now. De Niro had had some, had a lot. He didn't have like well, there was a wider variety of things going on with De Niro. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bernthal is incredible at that one note that he can hit like over and over again. And in in my mind, like nobody can do it better than him right now. Oh yeah, like, what he does, he's the best at. He'll age know? into being able to do something greater. He's so. less cartoony because he is a tremendous actor. But you're right, he does exist in a range, which is hey man, that's and what he oh, does, yeah. he's fucking. No I'd say better, the same yeah. about Jesse Eisenberg. Right. Yeah. I don't think he has a very broad range, but in his range, yeah. he will he will just crush anyone who even touches that. I'm actually excited to see uh, that movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it's called Shot Caller. It's with uh, Jamie Lannister, you know, Nicolaj, Costar, Waldo. Is that the one? Uh, and it's like where he goes to jail and becomes a Mar- member of the Aryan Brotherhood. Appar- apparently John Bernthal is in it. Is that so the, the one from the guy s- who did Cheap Thrills? The one from the guy who did... Uh, um, Snatch. No, wait, not Snatch. Snitch. Oh, that. Oh, okay, I got him. Confused. Okay, yeah, gotcha. But he's yeah. in another movie called Small Crimes, which is pretty. That's good. the one I'm thinking. I of. like that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, John Burns. The Netflix Punisher is the first time I ever gave a shit about Punisher as a character. Yeah, that's true. Um, because because of Bernthal's performance, and to me, he was like the yeah. highlight of otherwise what I felt was sort of a lackluster season of TV. Mm-hmm. It caught my attention. It like made me. I was never even remotely aware of like the Punisher beyond like the t-shirts and suddenly I saw like a trailer I was like oh shit like I have to see this just based on like these quick little images alone. Yeah. You know, they got me interested. In yeah, I mean usually like with the I think with the exception of Jessica Jones these are mostly shows that I like put on if I'm like working from home or like kind of doing stuff around the house. Daredevil because... was my like laundry folding show for a yeah. while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never finished it but um yeah. but otherwise, you know. So they're all right, but yeah, I gotta burn through some defenders before I can jump. I've into seen season high. one of Daredevil. That's and I liked yeah. it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm falling asleep at the wheel here, gentlemen. All How's right. everybody else doing? 
time to go to bed. I mean, I'm good, but yeah, we can we yeah, can go home. I mean, yeah, we we've definitely not talked we've about Blade Runner for some time. for a while, which I loved, minutes. by the way. Thank you guys for yes. <laughs> indulging us. Always happy. To well, let's yeah. bring this back to close it because yeah, we haven't done it, do it in forever. No, has anyone seen anything good? I was gonna say let's oh, do let's do a little oh, more movie yes. talk before we get out of here. What 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 have you guys seen lately? I'll open straight up movie theaters now. You should go see Good Time. Good Time, yeah, really tremendous. Softy Brothers. Um, it's just a, I can't say that you'll like it because Mm -hmm. it's just kind of mean spirited and scummy, but it is so definitively what it is and Mm -hmm. it is breathless and it's Pattinson just like, actually the, the David Ehrlich review said the best thing. He was like, I, at this point, I have to just accept Twilight because it bestowed upon us Robert Pattinson (laughs) and Kristen Stewart. And I am inclined to agree. And yeah, it's just it's just a really good, gnarly, dirty movie that is fucked up and just desserts are given out and great soundtrack. And it, I said it reminded me of if it's like a mix of of two Scorsese movies, uh, a Taxi Driver and After Hours, mm-hmm. but shot entirely out of Spencer's gifts, which burned down many years ago. <laughs> and but I, I just highly recommend it. It's real quick one two punch. But good I do want to see that. that good sounds time. good. Highly recommend. Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. Uh, you should go next. Uh, um, I'm still figuring out what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, mine mine is sort of a non-specific recommendation, but just out of circumstance and the release schedule being uh, being what it is. I've seen a bunch of older movies on the big screen. Oh, cool. Um, so I saw Lawrence of Arabia. We yeah. did a Shame Five. Oh, yeah, that. that's right. Yes. Uh, saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the 4K re-release. Um, that might be an upcoming Shame Five episode. Awesome. Um, had you not seen that before? Uh, I had once when I was like a kid, okay. and Jill had not seen it at all. Nice. So, and then we also saw uh, the 3D re-release of Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. How was that? Done that. Um, it was super fun. Yeah. Like, that movie, like, the 3D is done very well. Like, I also saw the uh, Jurassic Park when yeah. they were released. I, I saw that I saw that one. And, and was, I liked that. And it was on par with that because, they, again, they didn't, like, they didn't they pushed the 3D when it was appropriate. Yeah. But they let it kind of hang back. Like, the scenes where, like, there's one character, like, at a fence and the shot is from the other side. The fence, like, sort of pops with the uh-huh. foreground. But, yeah. like, so it's... There's like one shot of Arnold like moving the shotgun through where it kind of like comes out a little bit. That's but cool. It's, you know, it, it's subtle in a way yeah. that works, but just well, being able shot to shot with 3D in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but all these are movies I've seen at home before. But yeah. again, just seeing them in a theater and kind of getting that cool opportunity. Um, That's how it was when Jurassic fun. Park came out because I had never seen that in the theater. Uh-huh. So yep. I went Same. to see the. I actually remember that was the day I saw the Evil Dead remake and I <laughs> snuck in. I stole some 3D glasses and snuck into Jurassic Park and. That was a. I wish I paid for it because I feel shame. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed it. Uh, I am. I think I'm just going to recommend Death Note actually because I don't think anybody else is going to recommend it. To I liked anyone. that movie so much. I really liked that movie. <laughs> yeah. I watched it a second time because I really wanted to like try and clear up some details for myself, which ultimately did not help. Mm. Uh, it, it actually became more confusing to me on a second watch, which is not a complaint about yeah. that movie. Actually, it, it that. Death Note is way more interesting than it has any right to be, I think, as an adaptation. Uh, And that is the reason people should watch it. Mm -hmm. Even if you have no context for it as an adaptation, I actually think you'll probably enjoy it quite a bit. It is funnier than I thought it would be. It's clearly a filmmaker having fun. Yes. You know, this is a filmmaker who at this point in his career, as I understand it, you know, he's still young and hungry, but... yeah. Not really in need of making big deals. No. So this is clearly a movie that he was able to just kind of, you know, 
he had rip. some passion for and, yeah. and and kind of was able to do his thing with. I mean, it it almost feels like a sequel to The Guest. Yeah, it's got a similar soundtrack style look and stuff. That but, Air Supply cover dude. of The Power of Love Woo. is has been on loop Woo. on my Spotify. So good. not not Power not, of Love, not the one you're thinking Huey of. Lewis. Uh, yeah. Power. No, I was of thinking love. of Power of from the Karate Kid. Not the Karate. Oh, that's Kid. the Glory of Love. The, <laughs> the the Celine Dion song oh, that used gotcha. to be a Jennifer Rush song. Wow, you're blowing my mind right now. I learned all of this it's because so I fell in love with the Air yeah. Supply one. Can, yeah. can we get Air Supply to cover the Huey Lewis in the news version, please? I'd be into it. I imagine it, it just has to exist, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, gravity exists, so that must. <laughs> this is, these are facts yeah. of nature. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I can't, I can't recommend Death Note or not. I, I really like Death Note, and you probably already have the ability to watch it because I'm sure you're all subscribing to Netflix. So And what yeah. a... I'm excited. He to had watch a small it. role, but an effective one in Get Out. I cannot. It's Lakeith. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield, Stanfield is amazing. He's great in Death Note. Yeah. I loved his performance in it, and it was like even more fun the second time because I was like really watching some of the just weird things that he's doing mm-hmm. to try and evoke that character from the and anime. He, he's playing L, yeah. but it's it's not a mimic, right? But it is still like he does the things oh, he yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, like the there's a great foot chase in it, uh, mm-hmm. like a really good foot chase. Where the actors run like they're anime cartoon characters, and I think it works very well for the movie. Uh, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff in it. There's a lot of really interesting choices, and it was it was fun. It was cool. I liked it a lot. Nice. Yeah. Well, I would say for my recommendation, um, it's uh, you know I, I've also watched a lot of older movies recently. Just I've been kind of broke, and also just I just haven't like uh, haven't had like a ton of time to like I can like I'm like oh I have an hour kill here I, I can watch like half of a movie right now you know so i haven't uh made it out to the theater too much recently but um and i did see it but i know that i'm gonna, I'm gonna save that for the shame files podcast plug that one that ryan <laughs> and dan i guess are gonna be on soon but um which I, I liked i could definitely recommend it but the movie i'll recommend is columbus which um mm, is directed yeah so yeah i really want to see it's that. one of those movies that um is very is going to be pretty much under the radar for most of the year until the end of the year mm-hmm. when it'll probably start like appearing on a lot of top 10 lists mm-hmm. you know like i'm trying to think of um a comparable movie from last year but it's just one of those tiny little sundance movies that i think will kind of last a long time um it's directed by a an artist uh, a director named Koganada who was like a video essayist and okay. he, like, put together these compilation videos of like you know kind of deconstructing like great directors work and it's a it's his first work and it's a movie it's kind of like follows a similar plot to a movie like Garden State you know like where it's like you know a, a sort of a young adult man played by John Cho like returns home to uh, or not returns home, but um, goes to see his father, who's in a coma, basically, while he was while his father was on a speaking tour in the town of Columbus, Indiana, which is, I guess, this small town in the Midwest that's apparently renowned for like having incredible modern architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so, and it's a um, so he meets this like young woman who kind of at first you're like, oh, she's the manic pixie dream girl, but it's really a lot more than that, and. So it's it's almost like a platon. I would call it like a platonic romance in a way, mm. where they kind of connect with each other and um, they hang out. And it's it's definitely like a walking and talking kind of movie. Like uh, definitely has a lot in common with like Richard Linklater movies as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I would I think I characterize it on Letterbox as like if if Kelly Reichardt had directed like you know um, had directed Before mm-hmm. Sunrise, you know, and it and it was like kind of more in the garden state vibe basically like it's just such a pleasant movie and just so like 
it's just so hard. It's also very, it's just very heartwarming. It's just one of those movies that I can't recommend enough. So I would definitely see it if you guys get a chance to. Yeah, I I really wanted to see your review for Cinedelphia.com. Actually, like reading it and kind of editing it, I was like, oh shit, like I need to try to see this movie. And yeah. I've not been able to do that yet. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's uh, definitely it's, a movie that also announces like John Cho as like a, a leading man, basically. Like, he's so good. He's, yeah, he, I like he John can, Cho. He can carry a movie. And um, he's definitely helped considerably by, I think her name is Haley Lou Richardson. She was the, yes. the, the, like, the sort of basic friend in Split. Who, oh yeah, so she's in this movie and she's incredible. She's and she really was good. also the like friend character in Edge of Seventeen. That's what I hear. Uh, I never saw that. Seen that. Yeah, I, I, I would seen definitely that. recommend that. It's got yeah. a, it's got some cool performances, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I definitely Columbus is a movie I will have to watch before I make my like year end list. For yeah, sure. Columbus yeah. is next to the Big Sick on things that I need oh yeah to see I gotta see I make the Big list. Sick man. Yeah. I think that's yeah. not that on now, digital rental. Yeah, you can rent it. Oh yeah, yeah, cool, awesome, and it's still still playing. Yeah. Oh cool. I, I really want to see that. I'm it's excited good. for that. It's good. It's, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I saw a clip from it because like that's one of those movies where like I always rub up against modern comedies because so many times it's just like we're all actual friends in real life. Isn't that enough? And I'm like, it's not enough. And that has like all of <laughs> yeah. the symptoms of that. It looks like, but I hear it's better. But I just saw a really good clip, and it was just Ray Romano telling a bad joke, and it was. It was. Did you see the really big sick good. yet? I did not. No, and so that I was watching. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. It has my. It has one of my favorite jokes of the entire year so far. Nice. Uh, in a movie, which I will not spoil, but Thank you. it's uh, it's it's very well done. It's on par with the Logan Lucky Game of Thrones references. <laughs> for Dude, <laughs> that joke is incredible. That joke is fucking amazing. So I, also, I'm gonna recommend that movie while we're talking about it really quick. Logan that movie is going to be really a contender good. when yeah. it comes to the end. I really like Logan that. Logan Lucky it, is. That's real it's good. Just so yeah. nice. Yeah, and yep. it's very. But it's not like it's not without edges. It's no, very no, funny. It's, it's yeah. just a sharp, yeah. just great. I like that comedy. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And Seth MacFarlane gets punched in the face like a couple times. Yeah. And oh, he should because he doesn't yeah. belong there. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a rough spot people, in that movie for me. Hopefully he was cast just to be punched in the Seth face. Seth MacFarlane's one of those dudes that like, I know I like him. Uh-huh. I know I'd get along with him. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I see his face, I want to run it over with a fucking truck. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if you would get along with him. Yeah. I think he is like a dick. I, that's the thing is, I feel like he might be, but I I don't I don't know enough about him. Yeah. But anytime, like he's good in Logan Lucky, and like I yeah. guess he fits the profile. But the whole time, I'm like this movie's better than you, motherfucker. And then I yeah. realize, like he's actually supremely talented. What am I doing? Sure. I, yeah. You know, it's it's the weirdest he's thing. I disagree with him being good yeah. in that movie. I actually. think that's a perfectly I, good point, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> yeah. This is his yeah. talent for evil. But yeah. I I think he's a little bit out of place in Logan yeah, Lucky. Yeah. I, I did not like. Him in it, that it's movie. a better movie than him. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean yeah. that as an insult to him. I mean that because Channing Tatum is very out of place. You could put at least twenty other actors in that role, and it would be at least as good, if not significantly better. So you know, like. I, like I would have loved to see a um, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Tom Jane, yes, yeah. yes, uh, sure. <laughs> Tom Jane, yeah. sure. No, I was thinking of um, Colin Hanks. No, the um, <laughs> yes, um, also actually, yes. No, an actual British guy. Um, oh, oh yeah. Uh, what's his name? The, the original Office. The uh, oh, Colin. Oh, I was going to say uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Gervais. I was going to say Matt like, Barry. Be, you know, yeah, he could do. Oh, Rick, Matt Barry would be awesome. Matt Barry would yeah. be awesome yeah. in that because yeah. he can do. But yeah, you're right. Like, why yeah. are we having that guy do a fake British accent for this weird? It's just none of it. Why did they American wash that role? Yeah, it was weird. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> they totally America washed it. It was weird. America washed. America did not like him in that. All right, let's wrap this thing up. How you guys feel? Good. I Great. feel like if Daniel Craig can tap into whatever he tapped in 
to for Logan Lucky Yo. for the next James Bond movie. It he he needs to do that. That kind <laughs> of energy. Spectre yeah. was was. It's fine, but yeah. he was unconscious. Yeah, you mean just like engaged. Spectre, yeah. yeah, he's got to be I, in. I'm a huge Bond fan. Spectre's kind of a piece of shit. Let's be Fair honest. enough. Like, looking yeah. back now, even, like, it's not a movie where I'm like, oh, all of, of the 25, 26, or no, 24, 24. James Bond movies, it's never going to be one that I'm just going to like, oh, you mm. know what I'm in the mood for? Spectre. Like, even yeah. Skyfall, which I don't think is all that good in the end. Me neither, yeah. Um, is still one that's more rewatchable. Than oh, absolutely. It benefits from the gift of low expectations. I, I like, watched Spectre after I already knew that everyone kind of hated it. And I was like, oh. I, and then you focus on what you do like about it rather than on what everything is uh, wrong uh, with the, it. You know? My favorite part of Spectre is... Um, uh, the uh, Dave Bautista. Oh yeah, 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 he's the best part of that movie in the train battle, oh, yeah, of course. Where he just oh, that, that scene yeah, was yeah, the one yeah. good scene that I really liked. Everything yeah. else, I was like, every level of production here, people are kind of over it and want to work on something else. It seems, yeah. Yep. And yeah, but if he does Bond twenty five in a southern accent, I am so. Oh, happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there anyway. But yeah. like, I'm like, I'm gonna go see it twice in one day. That's if true. He, it's twenty five. It's got to be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Got it. It it's like the hundredth it episode of movie movie. You yeah. expect something. Exactly. You expect and this is what you got. A conversation about us. Yeah, exactly. Talking mac and cheese, food. Blade Runner. We expect we mounds of goop. We sure did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, goops are it's a good food group. <laughs> food goop. I really, <laughs> I, I really want to, I really want some mac and cheese right now. I do too, actually. But spir- do you want mac guys, and cheese? Do you want mac and spirals cheese? Spirals craft. Deluxe. Spirals craft. Craft spirals. Spiral's Craft is my rap this. name. That's it, yeah, Spiral's Craft. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty you good. should get them to sponsor. I like to make them. I would. My mac and cheese rap name is White Cheddar. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. My, my, <laughs> mine is, uh, is Herb. <laughs> I was going to say something with Herb. I lost it. Because <laughs> Herb cheddar looks bunnies. like Herb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheddar bunnies. What's up? Oh, cheddar, cheddar bunnies. Cheddar bunnies. Ready to bounce some flavor on you. Okay. All right. What you got there, Dan? <laughs> I, I, I'm going Go to plug. Uh, well, no, because right now is the Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, to do a service to... The what city? Um, I'm sorry? Oh, the Philadelphia Fringe Festival is going on right now. And uh, I'm doing this partially because my girlfriend is in two plays. and uh, But also because I've been going to see the plays of both of these... Uh, what's the word? Theater companies. companies. Yeah. For I was said troops, <laughs> uh, these these troops for uh, some time now, and um, it's always good stuff. And so the first one, I don't actually know the full title of it, but the first word of the very long title is "The Bride's a Cunt." <laughs> uh, it's like the bride's a cunt, the groom's a fag, and the uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the whole thing. Uh, the maid of honor just hung herself in the closet. I don't know, but it's always bonkers. They do a horror play each year on the Rocks Productions, and that is playing on weekend nights for the next two weeks. And also, speaking of noir, Fishtown, a hipster noir by Tribe of Fools, is going to be playing from September 8th all the way to September 23rd on weekday Many weekday nights and all weekend nights. I think I have and to I see can't that. recommend enough. You can take this flyer. I will, that is all I yours. Um, I'll be going wow. there next Friday to, okay. to see a double feature of them. But you guys should check them out, and uh, you should also check out the Philly Unnamed Film Festival yes. is coming up soon. That's going to be at the Drake Theater this yeah, year. Yeah, which is exciting. So phillyunnamed.com, check that out. Dan and I had a blast there last year, so we can't recommend a lot of enough. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just 
It's just You'll really see cool. the weirdest shit you could imagine. It's yeah. all really fun. And it's bigger this year. There's yeah. going to be vendors. There's going to yeah. be things like that. So definitely check that out. And um, I guess that's it. Cinadelphia.com sure. is where you get all things film in Philly. You can find writing from all of us there. Yeah. And yes. uh, I'm on Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, everything at Dan Scully. So those are my plugs. Awesome. I'm on Letterboxd.com slash Philadelphia. It's with an F. One day I'll write a review again on there. It's been a couple weeks. I've been, been a little down. but uh, Yeah, you're still at... Uh, I, I always follow you. You're still at Mad Max. I know. I got. I got to catch myself. I up. know for a fact that movies have happened since then. Oh, I've yeah, watched I've, them I've with you. I've seen Death Note twice. Since yes, then, I'm so. waiting to hear. Your, yeah. I'm wait, waiting to read your Death Note. I know. Uh, I got. I got to catch back up on that. Note. And uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter at Philadelphia with an F. And that's pretty much it for me. I think. Yeah, it's good. I'm on. Uh, so Andy, I you can find me on Twitter, Andrew M Elijah, and also on Letterboxd. I'm under Andy Elijah, and uh, yeah, and I'm also Andy Elijah at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Ryan Silverstein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterbox at Silber, whatever. That's with a B. Um, you can also find me on the Shame Files podcast. Yes. Uh, which is a weekly podcast that I do with Jill, who we co edit Philadelphia.com. Um, each episode, we watch a movie that we haven't seen before, but we feel like we should have seen it. Um, so when this comes out, shortly behind it uh, will be an episode in which we go into the miniseries It, which I had never seen before, as well as the new movie with special guest Dan Scully. Hell it's yeah. my name. Um, so it's our first hey. episode with a guest, so yeah. we're going to see how that goes. You guys and, did a Stand uh, By Me episode recently that I loved. Yeah, oh, we yeah, did. That was really yeah. good. I'm yeah, we've done Stand By Me and Lawrence of Arabia yeah. uh, since we I came back from the Lawrence little... of Arabia, so I've been holding off on listening to I it. I saw yeah. it once and hated it because I saw it in a small screen, and I'm very jealous that you got to see it on a big screen because yeah, Bri- I think it might uh, actually work for me if I saw it. The Bryn Mawr Film Institute plays it every the last week in August, usually, uh, to end their summer program. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. So you can put that in a note for next year. That's a good idea, yeah. I meant to make it to like at least five of those movies this summer didn't make it to a single one yeah we, we did the uh their seminar class on alien which was, mm, yeah. which was yeah. super cool. awesome Pissing seeing that myself. on the big screen was yeah. great. oh yeah um, yeah there's one coming up for silence of the lambs ah, cool. um and the it's the same like professor who's doing the like lecture leading the discussion uh as the alien one i believe he is like a criminology professor hmm. so the silence of the lambs one should be yeah. really interesting he's a lotionologist cool. yeah so um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, all that and uh, you know, find everything on Philadelphia.com. <laughs> like you were too tired to like even enjoy your. I didn't own want joke. to follow it. I was yeah. just swimming in it. But of course, you can find us at I Like Two Movie, the yep. numeric two on every format. Yep. We are on I Like Two Movie. Tumblr. Dot com, Facebook. Dot com slash I Like Two Movie, Twitter, all that fun stuff. I Like Two Movie. Talk to us. We'll talk to you. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, and we want you to be a part of it. Yes. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That uh, is the best way to help us out. Subscribe to the show. And uh, we'll see you, uh, I don't know, in a couple weeks. I guess we'll have to figure out what 101 is. Maybe it's a whole new chapter. Yeah. I mean, we have, there's some plates spinning. So we yeah, gotta, I know. We've got to see which one's come down crashing and then uh, put, a, put a show off for y'all. Mm. Uh, all right. Let's close this thing up. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. <clears throat> my, na- <laughs> oh, my name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Andy Elijah. I like to movie movie. My name is Ron Silverstein, and I also like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we like, like to movie. movie! 100. Thank <laughs> you.